You're listening to Video Monsters, a weekly podcast. Uh, well, uh, mostly weekly. Sometimes more, sometimes less. <sighs> All right, fine. A mostly weekly podcast of Creatures Talking Features with your hosts, Nathan Simmons and Eric Harris. Video Monsters is brought to you by the Chattanooga Film Festival and Central Cinema in Knoxville, Tennessee. Follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or online at chatfilmfest.org and centralcinema865.com. And links for each of these can also be found on our pages, so be sure to follow us at Video Monster Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Hello and welcome to episode four fucking hundred of Video Monsters. I'm Nathan. Woo! I'm Eric. Woo! I'm Dan. <laughs> you can't just copy me, Dan. You gotta come up with your own thing. No, that's what made it this so great. <laughs> that's why it was funny, Eric. Uh, tonight is our 400th episode where we're gonna be doing a video rack attack bracket popcorn punch out of uh, essentially the best of the podcast. And we've been trying to do this for a couple of weeks now. So there's going to be some interesting energy levels tonight with the, uh, the arguing about the movies that have to make it and then not remembering which movies we added and why. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah. I got this. I'm prepared. I'm, I'm well, well equipped. Same, same. For tonight. I mean, it is a good thing that it got postponed a little bit because, Eric, you did have a few movies that you hadn't seen before. Yes? Uh, yeah, there were two that Dan... Because uh, for anyone who doesn't know the storied history of this uh, podcast, uh, I was not on it for the first, like, a hundred and something episodes. <laughs> I was going to get into the history in just a second, but yes, continue. Yeah. So so there was a lot of earlier stuff that, Nathan, you did because you are the... Uh, the uh the catalyst that's the i almost said progenitor i guess that works right that's the word that i was gonna say i was gonna say progenitor okay cool cool yeah the you're the progenitor of this podcast um you are the the video monster in question um (laughs) and uh yeah so there were a bunch of things that you had covered ahead of time that dan had picked out actually i was like oh i haven't seen these movies so i need to catch up on them because uh, I definitely did not want to go into this episode not having seen every single possible title up for the top spot. <laughs> why not? You didn't want to argue about the uh, movies that you hadn't seen uh, and and why they were the best. Would would you? It actually might have been fun <clears throat> to try and just like argue my way through like why a movie should or shouldn't move on that I have not seen and just pretend like I had seen it and not tell you guys. <laughs> That might have been a fun thing to do. Yeah, that also totally would have been in the uh, in the personality of the podcast because there have been a number of times that we would <laughs> just kind of fake it till we make it and talk about a movie. It's like, yes, I totally finished watching this movie that we're giving a two and a half hour in depth discussion about. I didn't stop no. seventy minutes through our original popcorn punch out, the Mads one. Most of us hadn't seen any of them. <laughs> True, yeah. That's the fun of the popcorn punch out to a certain extent is a lot of times we're, tr- we're talking about movies that we want to see and we're trying to argue for like, which movie do we want to see most? And that's why I'm excited for this episode because we can actually uh, speak from a place of experience where we've all actually seen all of these movies. And uh, we'll see if that makes us any more or less passionate about them. I assume much more passionate. But. So much more passionate. Well, and typically in our punch outs, uh, you might approach them with the what movie do you most want to watch? 
I generally approach it from what movie do I most want to discuss? Which is right. why sometimes <clears throat> movies that are lesser movies I will fight harder for because they would be a more interesting discussion, especially if it's one of, if it's one of my bullshit picks that uh, <laughs> gets the two of you arguing <laughs> about my questionable movie taste. Um, but, but yeah, typically we do our popcorn punch outs to, to pick the movies that we're going to be discussing for the rest of the theme. But because we love doing our punch outs so much, We've started expanding them uh, to also do ranking punch outs where we're not going to be discussing any of these movies in a continuing theme. This is just of the movies in uh, in this um, in this pool, which I'll get to what the uh, the eligibility was. in just uh, uh, yes, <laughs> what the eligibility was in just a second. Uh, we're just arguing about which ones are the best and there'll be pseudo ranked. The, the, the final three will be ranked. Uh, they will be the top one, two, and three. And then the ones below that will just be kind of eh, they, the, the next five all tie for fourth or the next 12, depending on how many chaos cards are used. Uh, so, yeah, this is. Oh God. All right. So we wanted to do something special for our 400th episode. And. Even though last time that I said the next ranking popcorn punch out that we're going to do is going to be over the Coen brothers, we did not get all of those watched in time. So that one's getting pushed back to the next ranking punch out that we're going to do. Instead, we are ranking all of the movies that have been covered on Video Monsters in the last six years. With, with a slight caveat, even though this is episode 400, there's 248 eligible films. And that's because we're only including movies that received like a full episode. Uh, some movies that were like a, a two in one, like when we did Krampus and Jingle All the Way, those are eligible because we still gave those a, a pretty in-depth discussion. But we're not including any of the movies on our History of Cinema discussions. We're not including anything from our Film Fest coverage where we did like a single episode talking about 20 movies. This is just the episodes that we actually went in depth. And the depth uh, to which these movies have been gone into has varied wildly over the years. It started out with, uh, with me just doing my, my quick little reviews, and this is actually going to be a trivia question. Uh, it started out with me doing just like quick little reviews of like 6 to 12 minutes. And now we're averaging over two hours. So even some of the ones... <laughs> Yeah, we we go into a lot. Now we are the of podcasts. (laughs) Well, I mean, I could have been doing two-hour podcasts by myself, but it would have been so much more rambling. And without anyone to actually talk to, there would have been a lot of, I mean, and then, all right, what am I trying to say here? So just like, and I would have just been talking through the awkwardness rather than shutting up and letting one of you fill in for, uh, for what I don't know what I'm saying. Um, so yeah, even though some of these movies have not had quite the same treatment and at some point I do want us to go back and actually give like the full video monsters treatment to some of the early films, those early, 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 like first episode films are eligible. Um, I'm obviously not going to read off all 248 options because, yes, please don't (laughs) because no, 
but just uh, in case anyone uh, who's been following the podcast for a while is trying to think through, like, all right, what's what's going to be on here? Uh, especially if they have, uh, especially if they know us and know the kinds of movies that we love. We did set a number of self-imposed restrictions, and by we, I primarily mean me, because there were just too many movies that I love. Of the 248, I think that there are two movies that I would say, no, I hate this movie. There's probably about 10 that I'm like, I don't, I mean, I don't love it, but fine, whatever. Uh, So that still is, you know, 230 plus options, and, and I just love too many of them. And I was like, okay, we can't just have another list of The Thing and The Fog and RoboCop and like all of just the the, the Evil Dead and all these other movies that we love. So uh, we we did our typical thing that we do where we each picked 10 movies that we wanted to add to the uh, the short list that we're going to be picking from in just a minute. But in each of our lists, we did restrict it to where we could not have more than, I think, two total uh from any of these categories so the the self-imposed restrictions and again these are movies that we adore these are movies that of course movies by these people are perfect of course we love them we've given them so much talk and we're going to be giving them even more talk over the years i'm sure but for this to give us some sense of um some way to help narrow things down uh, the, the self-imposed restrictions were Bong Joon-ho, Stephen King, John Carpenter, Sam Raimi, Wes Craven, David Cronenberg, uh, pretty much anything from Rustic Films, uh, the, the Benson and Moorhead films, anything that has Graham Skipper, anything that has Mads <laughs> Mikkelsen, uh, the Universal Monsters. Those two together. They should make a movie together. <laughs> they really should. Oh God, I would love to see Graham and Matt's. Oh, that that would be mm, perfection. Uh, the Universal Monster movies. Steven Spielberg, James Cameron, Roland Emmerich, Joel Schumacher, uh, and Bleeding Skull, and the American Genre Film Archive. So, with all those restrictions, each of us could pick no more than two total from from all of those. Um, we didn't get many. I think maybe we only have two on our list of 30 total. Uh, I've so, got like one. I think I only have one. Uh, okay, so so we have more than two because I know categories. I know that I picked two from those available films. Uh, yeah, it, it's just they're, they're all too good. And, and again, we wanted to spread the love a little bit. Now, there are going to be some of the ones on our list that are obviously <laughs> still great movies that we've probably talked about way too much. But that's just what it is. Um, all right. Any, any thoughts from y'all so far? I am rambling, and I still have more thoughts, but I want to uh, take a drink. So I want the, one of you to talk for a second. No, I'm I'm just excited to get into this. Uh, I, I'm really I'm really happy with the list that I put together. It was actually a lot easier to like narrow down these movies than I expected it to be. Because um, I feel like they're just very surprised with how quickly mine. I, I thought I would struggle with this a lot more than I did, but it. I was able to put them out pretty quickly. Yeah, and and for me, like the way that I approached this was basically just like which which of the movies that we've covered have stuck with me the most? So it's not even necessarily like, which ones do I think are the best, but just like, which ones made the biggest impression on me in some way? Um, which ones do I 
find myself like coming back to and thinking about over and over again. So a lot of it are just movies that kind of surprised me in some way um, or just movies that I think are maybe a little underseen or underloved uh, that I think are just like full stop. I mean, every movie that I picked out, I think is truly like a full stop. It's like masterful piece of filmmaking. Um, and yeah, and I, like Nathan, you put all the self-imposed restrictions on it and you like very clearly like laid out every bit of it. And in my mind, it's like, I was never going to put Jaws on here. Like, we all know Jaws is fucking great. Like, nobody needs to tell anybody about that. But, um, so I think we were all kind of leaning in that direction to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Although I do appreciate how much effort you put into it for yourself. There's, this might be, as far as the prep work, the hardest punch out that we are going into for me. Because, yeah, like, again, and, and maybe it's because, you know, the, the podcast is like one of my children. And so damn near every movie is like, you know, like like one of their baseball games that I went to or one of the presents that they opened on Christmas. And so, like, I, I have a more personal connection, even though it's just like a movie. Almost all of these. I remember not just the movie, but the episode as well. Right. Yeah. See, I'm coming at it like the stepdad. I don't give a fuck about any of the ones that were here before I came along. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because, Dan, you joined us. It was like you joined us in February of 21. 21? Yeah. Was it 2020? No, it was was 20. I think it was 21. Because it wasn't. Yeah, it would have been 21. The uh, pandemic. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, he did join us during February. This February. Yeah, your Mm. first episode was Ginger Snaps, right? Correct. So everything from Ginger Snaps on, that was when Stepdaddy Dan came in and told us told us <laughs> boys to behave. <laughs> and uh, Eric also had a very auspicious start. Your first episode was the Super Mario Bros. movie. Yes, it was. Yeah, Five back in 2018. years ago. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't know which is harder for me to believe, that I've been doing this podcast for six years or that you've been a part of it for five years. It is weird, yeah. I, I haven't, I haven't quite reached that five-year milestone. It'd be July, sometime I think, or June. I think it was in June when we did that Super Mario Bros. episode. Yeah, um, yeah. I've been kind of just like met at work, and you were like, "Hey, do you want to come over to my house and talk about Super <laughs> Mario Bros?" I was like, "Okay, sounds like a thing I would love to do." <laughs> it was less creepy than that. We had already been talking about movies. We were part of a book club at work together. There yeah. was already a lot of overlap of interests. I told you about the podcast. True, you, you listened to it before you joined it. It wasn't just like... I did. I listened to it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It wasn't just like me walking up to a stranger. It's like, hey, you want to be on a podcast? I, 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 got, I got a big <laughs> microphone in my house. I mean, what, a, what a pickup line, by the way. You want to be on a podcast? Mm, so good. Uh, oh man yeah so so eric you were approaching them from movies that had an impact on you i uh approached the I, I approached the list from movies that i feel like are a good representation of the podcast like you know what, what does the podcast mean to me and and so some of them might be uh the, the ones that i added to the list some of them were because you know like there's something about the movie itself like the plot that reminded me of the three of us and our interactions or uh it could be you know just the, the again just like how bizarre some of these picks are or just 
it, it's very nebulous, but basically the the driving theme behind all of my uh, picks that I added to the short list were, does this feel like the podcast? Uh, so it was harder for me to pinpoint it down. Um, but one of the other things that I was thinking is, like you said, Eric, which of these movies need more love? Like, yes, obviously Jaws is a perfect movie. Obviously Evil Dead is a perfect movie. There are other movies that I think need the almost perfect, but you, yeah, sure. Let's let's just go ahead and say this is a perfect movie too. So it's kind of like that. Like what movies uh, that make it to the end will the, uh, henceforth have the perfect label. It is a perfect movie if it makes it to the end of this punch out is uh, kind of what I'm thinking. Uh, and Dan, you're you're approaching this from you know Maine. Yes, that is my one hundred percent full aspect of everything. <laughs> How Maine is this film? Please, please, no, actually, don't do this. But jokingly, vote for every movie based off the proximity of uh, how close it was set to Maine. Where it's to Maine. Yes. In, in proximity. And yeah. I'm going to have to get an atlas for some of these. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead and, go mean, ahead and yeah. pull that up while, while we got you here. I, I do don't know how to deal with these in. movies and films then now. Ugh. <laughs> I appreciate that, that Dan came in. He's just like, yeah, these movies that I picked just kick ass. Like that's all there is to it. They're good. Yeah. yeah. All right. Rule. Yeah. And, and um, I will read before we start picking our picks. I will read the thirty eligible or not eligible, but the thirty ones on the short list from which we will be making our picks tonight. I will read those in just a minute. Um, but th- this is a damn good list. Like all thirty of these movies are just just solid solid fucking movies all the way through so you know like if i was to program a month of nightly movies it it would be this list every single one of these is amazing i think some of them are more amazing than others but i am super super proud of the list that we came up with even though i'm sure there's going to be heartbreak getting to uh to number one um all right so if this is the first time that you've ever listened to us and especially if this is the first time that you've ever listened to one of our popcorn punch outs it is bracket-esque it's basically we throw movies into uh into a hat we pick them out in random pairs and argue about them and then uh, the winners move into the next pool and we work our way from uh 16 down to three but those 16 are from a possible Usually from a possible 21. Tonight it's going to be from a possible 22. So 22 movies are going into the Skull of Decisions. We're going to be randomly selecting 16 of them in pairs, uh, arguing about them, working down to the top three. We've got a few other wrinkles that uh, add a little bit of fun chaos to the mix, uh, which is primarily our chaos cards. If one of the movies in a pairing loses and we are not ready to have that one leave, then we play a chaos card and it moves it into the chaos bracket, which is basically just the loser's bracket of the final four. There's a few other little fiddly things uh, that will go into play in terms of, you know, like how many chaos cards can be used or when or how or some of this other stuff. Um, If this is the first time you're listening to us, don't worry about all of those little details. It's only going to slow down the intro of this episode, but uh, trust us. We know what we are doing. It is, uh, it's not complicated, is just detailed to actually get through all of it. So don't worry about all of that. Uh, the other thing 
is we recently have added in more gizmos, as I am calling them, and pretty sure I am always going to be calling them, <laughs> in part because of how it makes Erica giggle and how it makes Dan grimace. The gizmos, uh, named after the adorable Mogwai that, you know, starts out all cute and cuddly, and then when you get it, uh, when you feed it after midnight, turns into a horrible ravenous beast uh we have a number of gizmos that seemingly are good and and will help us get the movies that we want to the end but they are absolutely double-edged swords and more than once in fact practically every single time that we use one of our gizmos chaos cards being one of them uh it knocks out another movie that we love so um uh, just just about every single time that we use one it is almost immediately followed with dear god what have i done so the uh, the bonus gizmos are uh, you can get an extra chaos card. And as a reminder to both Dan and Eric, if you have three chaos cards, the extra one is only for round one because uh, our chaos cards do roll over. Again, details don't need to worry about them. I'm reminding Dan and Eric, uh, but listeners, don't, don't worry. You're here to listen to us argue about movies and not to hear us go through rules. Uh, so yeah, if you already have three chaos cards, then the extra one was is going to be for round one only. You can, uh, another bonus gizmo is one of the pairings, you can move it back into the Skull of Decisions. You do have to wait until the descriptions of both movies have been read. Uh, and tonight, actually, we didn't talk about this beforehand. Are we going to be doing the full descriptions and letterboxed rankings? Because not every movie on here is like a super well-known common movie there's a number of them there, there are a few indie movies on here that people might not have heard of before we still, we still should okay that's that's what i was leaning towards but uh since we didn't do that with stephen king that's not usually the most more lengthy part of the, the show so it's yeah it's usually us arguing about which one uh so yeah, yeah that's usually a thing <laughs> so you can put a movie back in the skull, but you do have to wait until the descriptions have been read uh, just so that someone who is listening, if a movie gets called out and someone's never heard of it, they at least know a little bit more about it. The next bonus gizmo is you can add an extra movie into the skull of decisions. Typically, we only add five per person. Tonight, we are adding seven because we do not have audience picks tonight. This list is going to be all us. So uh, if you get the extra one, that means that you will be adding an eighth movie into the Skull of Decision for a total of 22, from which we'll be drawing our 16. And uh, if we have an even number of people on our popcorn punch-outs, because sometimes we do have guests join us, then uh, you can get a tiebreaker, but that does not matter for tonight. All right. Uh, Dan, Eric, questions about those bonus gizmo reminders? No, sir. No, sir. Cool. So how we decide on who gets what gizmo and also how we decide who gets to pick first or who has to pick first in adding the, um, the, the movies into the skull and also the order in which uh, we'll be prompting for the chaos cards is through trivia. I've got a number of trivia questions and how this is going to work is I'm going to ask Dan and Eric questions. If they get it right, obviously they get the point. If they get stumped, then I get the point. That's how I have a possibility of uh, being able to pick which gizmo I want. If there is a tie for the winner, 
not even the winner. If there's a tie at the end of these five questions, then I've got some tiebreaker questions. And if I'm one of the people who is tied, then uh, I have to stump the person twice, but they only have to get one correct to win. All right. Any Mm -hmm. questions about trivia? No. All right. Let's do it. So y'all know me. Y'all know I can be a little, just a little wordy sometimes. Just a little bit. Some of these. Me occasionally. Oh, you should probably silence that. Yes, you should. <laughs> so, uh, basically, all of these questions have some level of like clarifier or addendum. So, listen to the full question before I say go. And the go is going to be your cue to start answering. Uh, and we're going to follow uh, essentially screen drafts, basic gentleman rules of uh, wait until the question is answered or wait until the question is fully asked. And it, once you give your answer, wait for the other person to take their turn and then just alternate until someone gets it right. All right. Any questions about the trivia? Nope. No, Nathan. Questions. Okay. Damn. Jump into it, man. Dude, we gotta get going. You, you know that we're doing this for people who also listen to the podcast. It's not just for us, right? We've put in 45 I mean, minutes of background information. Once again, we are Avatar 2. All right. <laughs> We're not 42 minutes in. I mean, look, there's nothing wrong with that. All right. <clears throat> Here we go. This character actor has a wide range of talent, but especially excels at roles that utilize his creepy and intimidating screen presence. He has worked with Irving Kirshner, Fred Decker, Ty West, Michael Mann, and John McTiernan, just to name a few. Name his character in as many of those five movies as possible. Whoever names more gets the point. And if you can't remember the exact name, you can say the movie and just describe the character because honestly, only like two so of these. We've got to get two things correct for this question at the minimum. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Do we get a point if we can name the actor that you're talking about? Cause you didn't mention him. You're right. I did not mention him. I know is who it, it is. Tom Noonan. It is yeah. Tom Noonan, Noonan. But that's not what I'm asking. I'm asking for okay. Right, Frankenstein. Open. So, all right. So, the, the short version of the uh, question then. Tom Noonan is in Francis Dollar. Okay. Dan's gonna take this one. I couldn't even remember Dollar Hyde. I was sitting here uh, thinking about it this whole time. I'm like, damn, that's such a good name too. Um. You, you don't have to get all five. Just whoever, it's just whoever gets the most of them. Irving Kirshner, Michael Mann, the other? Fred Decker, Ty West, John McTiernan. If, if you can name the movie and like who it was, that'll count. Okay, Fred so he's Decker, Frank. He uh, was Frankenstein. And yep. fr- yeah, Frankenstein and the Monster Squad. All right, so far, Francis Dan's got Colorado. two. And Michael Mann's um, Manhunter. He <laughs> is the uh, Jack... The Ripper in, uh, is it Jack? Th- it's like Jack, it's some fucking Ripper thing in uh, Last Action Hero. All right. So, Eric, you've got one. Dan has two. I said Frankenstein. After Dan oh, did, though. I did not say it. Yes, you did. Um, so, the, the other two directors, Irving Kirshner and Ty West. So, we've covered on this Ty West was no, House of the Devil. Just in general. Ty West was House of the Devil, but I can't remember the character's fucking name. Yeah, House of the yeah, Devil. I can't remember the movie. He's he, the, the the he was the old. Is he in dude. Eyes of a Strange or Eyes of Laura Mars? I mean, uh, I don't know. 
Dude, was he Darth Vader in Empire Strikes Back? No. <laughs> no, that's David Prowse. <laughs> All right. Is he in Empire Strikes Back? No. Dan got three no, of like them. It. So, Eric, even if you got the last one, Dan would have still had more. So, uh, Tom Noonan was Kane in Robocop 2, directed by Irvin Kirshner. Oh, he's in fucking Never Say Never Again. Francis he? Dollar or, Hyde is- in Manhunter by Michael Mann. Frankenstein's Monster in the Monster Squad by Fred Decker. Mr. Ullman in The House of the Devil by Ty West. Uh, and mm-hmm. Ripper, the axe killer in Last Action Hero uh, by John McTiernan. All right, so that is... Wait, what was, the, what was the Irvin Kershner movie? Uh, Robocop 2. Oh, Robocop 2. Okay. Did Irvin, didn't, didn't Kershner do Never Say Never Again? Didn't he do one of those James right. Bond movies? Well, I don't remember. I don't cheat on these things. I'm about to look it up, though. <laughs> anyway, go on, Nathan. Sorry. I was getting a uh, thing. Is this... All right, cool. You can use that. Uh, I need to keep track of who got what. So Dan has one. Yeah, he did do never say never again. Okay, I feel better. All right. Even though I was wrong. <laughs> All right, question two. <laughs> You're going to love this. <clears throat> In John Grismer's Thanksgiving horror masterpiece, masterpiece, Blood Rage, Mark Soper plays twins Todd and Terry Simmons. Just as this one actor had two names in the film, Christmas films themselves have a history of having more than one name. Name two of the titles for any of his three films. The two names have to be for the same movie, so you can't just name his two other movies. Also, Blood Rage cannot oh my God, be one of the names. What kind of fucking... Look, here's, here's why this question you know is fair. Director, name alternate titles for his other films. <laughs> Look, here's why this question is fair. Coming. I have mentioned this a lot. First off, both Look, episodes okay. that we did, Blood dude, Rage. you have mentioned many a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna jump in. I don't think these are the same two movies, but fuck it. Scalpel, <laughs> the house that cried murder. Those are two different ones, aren't they? Those are two different ones. But those are at least uh, Isn't the there two something alternate. About- yes, continue. Last House on Massacre Street. Yes, The House That Cried Murder and Last House on Massacre Street are the alternate titles for okay. The Bride. The Bride. Well done. Well done. Gotcha. So, Good. His films. I-, I couldn't remember the actual title of the movie, but I could remember the stupid fucking alternate titles because Nathan <laughs> would say it so many times. <laughs> Again, that's why it's fair. Blood Rage, a.k.a. Slasher, a.k.a. Nightmare at Shadow Woods. Last House on Massacre Street, a.k.a. The Bride, a.k.a. The House That Cried Murder. Scalpel, a.k.a. False Face, a.k.a. The Woman in the Shadows. <sighs> I have already forgotten. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm not all letting right, We're all tied up. I all am right. not. <laughs> this, this one's a short question. That was, that was pretty good, though. In the movie Tremors, what is the explanation for where the uh, graboids come from. Right. This one, we should know this. I don't know. So Eric's guess was a meteor. They come from the Earth's core. (laughs) Okay. Technically, neither of those are right. Okay. I'll give you a hint. Technically, neither of those are wrong. And Eric, we very specifically talked about this on 
our episode when we covered Tremors. Oh, you mean five years ago when we covered yes. Tremors? Or four years ago? Yes. Oh, you mean what I didn't uh, listen to? <laughs> um, this is a movie that I have seen once in my life. I've never seen Tremors more than the one time I watched it for this podcast. I haven't seen it in over a decade. Is it Maybe like... Watch that 4K sitting on my shelf. Is it a meteor caused an earthquake that like opened up a crevice that the graboids came out of or something? <laughs> All right. I'll give another hint. Think of the three main explanations that explain like uh, 50s sci-fi movies. Oh, a so- meteor hit an atomic reactor which then split open and caused the earth to crack and in the graboids came out <laughs> all right <laughs> but so they, but they irradiated i guess radioactive so technically neither of those are right i'll i'll get your two's opinion on these the answer is it doesn't matter because they say it doesn't matter if it was aliens or it doesn't matter if they were unearthed or it doesn't matter if they were man-made. So there never is an actual explanation, which is one of the things that's uh, so great you, about you, Tremors. Tricky. Tricky so much. Give it to yourself, Nathan. Tell you what. Yeah. I, I will give a point to both of you, and I'll not take that. No, give it to yourself. No, no, no. That one's on you. Give that it to yourself. You. All right. Take it. I won't we're all tied up. All right. <clears throat> Also, Nathan, I want to point out that you're wearing a Ghostbusters shirt with Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, and sometimes your beard covers his head in a way that looks like you have a tiny Stay Puft Marshmallow Man body. So, uh, just I've been finding that very amusing. (laughs) This is amazing. I love it. Okay. So, the podcast has grown quite a bit since its inception way back in 2016. Quite literally, we've not only picked up a couple of co-hosts, but the episodes themselves have continued to grow. Starting out as just my quick thoughts on movies, with most episodes averaging about 10 minutes, and now it is not uncommon for us to discuss the movie for longer than the runtime of the movie itself. Of our episodes, just covering a single movie as the primary discussion. Other films might have been discussed, but uh, only one episode in the t- or only one movie in the title. So no episodes uh, like the Krampus and Jingle All the Way, where we cover two, and no film fest. There are six episodes that go over two and a half hours. Name one of those movies. Uh, both of you will have a chance, so both of you will take a guess for those six. If both of you get a movie on that list then whoever picked the longest uh, episode runtime will get the win so six movies over six episodes where our discussion mm. went over two and a half hours and uh th- this will uh, to, to help narrow it down there's only two that dan was not a part of so dan you have been a part oh, really? of okay. all of these Almost all of these. Interesting. I'm going to... Hmm, so, you, so you get one guess. You, you get one guess. If both of you get one of the six, the episode that had the longer runtime gets the win. Okay. My guess is Godzilla. Is what? Godzilla. Imrex Godzilla. I'm going to go with... Mm, I have two that I'm going back and forth between. They might both be right. I'm going to say Cloud Atlas. 
All right. Neither of those are on the list. Guess again. Okay. Oh. The Shining. Not the mini series, the movie. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I, I still have firm faith in Emmerich. <laughs> I just have to remember which ones we covered. Independence Day. Both of you got that one right. The Shining and Independence oh, Day. Both okay, hold on a second, though. Independence hours. Day was just me and you, though, wasn't it? Was it? I don't think Dan saw that episode. But I, no, it, was, it wasn't because I wasn't on the podcast. I just missed it. <laughs> right, yeah, of course, yeah. You were, you were on at the time. I just was, that's just funny. I just so, of those two... Dan gets the win by one minute. The Shining clocked in at two hours and 34 minutes. Independence Day was two hours and 35. The other four movies that went over two and a half hours. The Shape of Water. Is one of them It Follows? Uh, no. The Shape of Water at 236. Oh, Scream Water. at 236. Let the Right One In at 232. Uh, sorry, Scream 4, 236. Let the Right One In, 232. And Scream at 230. Wow. Wow. Mm, yeah, I'm shocked that <laughs> we spent more a lot of time. I thought for sure dream. all of the Emmerich. I thought all of the Emmerich movies were going to be on that list. I really we did. have <laughs> a ton in that like two fifteen to two twenty nine range. I didn't write down all of those mm-hmm. because only six went over uh, two and a half hours. All right. I guess I'm also forgetting that uh, even if our recordings go beyond three hours, doesn't mean the episode does because Nathan actually yeah. edits this stuff like a crazy person. <laughs> That's very true. All right. This one is going to be impossible for me to get a point on. Arachnophobia. It's a damn fine movie. Sadly, the same cannot sure be is. said for all horror movies about spiders, of which there are quite a few. Name as many of them as you can. Alternate naming them. One movie each ends when one person has passed twice total, not consecutive. So if you pass and then you think of another one, you can jump back in. It's just once you have passed twice. Okay. Who goes first? And whoever just jumps in first. Eight legged like three. Them. Them. Um, is, uh, is them spiders or is them ants? I think them is ants. Oh, fuck. Uh, yeah, right. Okay, fine. Uh, tarantula. <laughs> okay, my bad. I already, I already totally forgot. For some reason, I was seriously thinking ants. Like there's a big fucking spider in Return of the King. Does that count? Sure. Uh, <laughs> I'll count it. Um, the, the, huh? Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll count that one. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Are you okay. going to give? Oh, God. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Dude, come on. She love man. How many of these ones have spiders with names? <laughs> Very true. True. Wow, why is this so hard? Um, I'm gonna go with. I had another one in my head just a second ago, and then I got sidetracked by them. Um, giant spiders. Uh, isn't there a giant? No, it's a praying mantis. Fuck. Um, I cannot believe that I cannot think of anything right now. Wait, I uh, do they have to be giant spiders? Or they can just no, be no, spiders. spiders. Are there spiders like Jumanji? Yes. Yes. Up in the attic. Those are spiders. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm going with then. Mm-hmm. Um, 
God damn. I can't think I feel of like, like there is a movie. I feel like there is a movie called Tarantula. I'm almost positive there is. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. said that. Did you say Tarantula? I did. Yeah, that was the first thing I said. Was oh. Tarantula. Oh, okay. So I get Well, I said okay. them, but then I changed it uh, to <laughs> Black Widow. <laughs> hold, on, hold on a minute. <laughs> Is okay, is can I then Black say Spider Man? <laughs> I mean, come on now. Um, <laughs> what, so, hold on is 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 there actually a movie called Black Widow? I don't think so. There there might be, but I'm bullshitting if there is. <laughs> oh, I, I, have a, uh, I don't have a comprehensive list either. I'm uh going off of whether or not it actually sounds right. Um, there's, there's probably a, just like a movie called Spiders. There are a few movies called Black Widow, but I don't think any of them actually have spiders, Dan. I think they're all about no. like uh um All right, I got one. Their husbands. Crawl. Crawl? Say crawl. Crawl. Like K R U L L. Yes, there is a big spider in that cuz they have to go across the spider's web to meet the woman of the web. That's pretty good. That's good. Um enemy Jake Gyllenhaal film. Oh, <laughs> good one. Pretty happy. Pretty happy with that Charlotte's, one. Charlotte's Web. <laughs> okay, hold on now. This is getting ridiculous. This is gonna go on for fucking ever. Um, I don't know if that counts as horror. But <laughs> what if I say like "Kiss of the Spider Woman" <laughs> or something? Um, are there spiders in like a Bug's Life? I don't know. I'm. I don't. Honestly, I don't think yes, there are. Are there? There is. There is one of them. A spider. Um. Yeah, I can't think of any more horror movies with spiders, and I am stumped. Eric for the win for the for the win of this one. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I can't think of anything else either. That was that was a good one. It's the kind of thing where it's like you think, oh, that'll be easy. There are tons of spider movies, and you're like, oh well, shit. All right. Uh. I'll, so, I'll ask this then, Dan. Since you started, yep. Yes or no? Is Lava Lantula a movie? Yes. Eric, yes or no? Is Arachnoquake a movie? No. Dan gets the win. Arachnoquake oh. is a movie. <laughs> I actually I love that type of question. We need more of that shit where it's just ridiculous sounding titles and we have to guess. <laughs> yeah, that's the a good one. <laughs> I just assumed that you were trying to. I should have known. Whatever. Okay. Well, Dan, I, you I, I honestly didn't know what I was going to do if, oh. if you had said yes to that because I was like, oh shit, I'm running out of things to do. Okay. Uh, so I honestly only said no because uh, Dan said yes. So Dan got three questions right. So Dan, you were going to have first pick of gizmos. That also means you were going to have to pick first uh, in picking the movies. It also means you're going to have to go first in deciding whether or not to use your chaos card. All right. So Eric, I've got three yep. more questions. Uh, okay. um, I've got three more questions. I'm going Wait. to start. Oh, for yourself. Yes. Me. Okay. Between me and you. I'm going to start with the, I'll leave it up to Dan. Dan, should I start with the easiest question or the hardest question? Easiest. Oh, damn it. Oh, okay. Because he only has to get one right. Damn it. Okay. 
I want to move this game along. Fine. <laughs> yeah, let's get moving. <laughs> In Dave Made a Maze, Dave and his friends are being relentless, per- relentlessly pursued by a mythological guardian of the maze, a minotaur. What famous line from another Raging Bull makes a repeated appearance in this film? That's the easy question? That's the easy question. Uh, I could have been a contender. No. That's not actually, I mean, that's like a fucking on the waterfront. Um, is it, did you fuck my wife? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Is it really? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that movie. I don't even remember that. That's so funny. Ah, damn it. <laughs> Following my okay, rules of Eric only had to get one right to win. You oh my God, that's really funny. The, the, uh, the next question, you don't, neither of you have to answer these, but these were the other two. The Thwomp Stompers, or the Jump Boots, from Super Mario Bros. movie were, were repurposed and used in what other movie four years later? Jeez, I don't know. So they were reused in 1997. Is it Starship Troopers? No, it is not Starship Troopers. That was, was that 97? A movie directed by John Woo. Is it Face Off? Mm-hmm. Wow. They're, they're the magnetic boots in the prison. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Fantastic. I have and, no clue. And then of the tiebreaker questions, the hardest was Matt Mercer and Graham Skipper are obviously two of our favorite people, which is why they're included in the set of self-imposed restrictions. Otherwise, I would have been too tempted to pick too many of their movies. While we only have one of their movies in our list of options uh, for the school tonight, they have worked on a number of projects together. What is that number? And then the closest would have gotten it. So, How oh, the number they've been on together? How many movies have Graham Skipper and Matt Mercer worked on together? Um... Five. I was gonna guess six. The answer is eight. Oh wow! Jesus. Okay. Yeah. The Mind's Eye, Feeding Time, uh, Beyond the Gates, Psychopaths, All the Creatures Were Stirring, Dementia Part Two, Bliss, and Christmas Bloody Christmas. And Feeding Time probably would have gotten you because uh, Mercer directed that short, but then Graham is in it. Yeah, Feeding Time threw me off because. It- yeah, I wasn't thinking about short films. That of course. It, well, sense, if but. and if it had been a tie, it would have been uh, name them, and whoever can name the most would have gotten the point. All right, so gotcha. Dan, you get the first pick of Gizmos. Do you want the uh, extra chaos card? And where the chaos stands, uh, I currently have three. Eric currently has three. Dan, you only have two. So, do you want the th- uh, uh, extra chaos I, card, the return of uh, movie to the skull, or add an extra movie? Give me, I'm feeling chaotic tonight, so give me a return it to the skull. <laughs> Damn it. Nice. That's what I wanted. <laughs> All right, Eric, <sighs> do you want an extra chaos card that you can only use in round one, or do you want to add an eighth movie into the skull tonight? Uh, I'm going to, hmm. All right. I, shit. Either way, Nathan has too much power. <laughs> I was like, do I want Nathan to have an extra chaos card or do I want him to have an extra pick? I'm going to take the extra chaos card. Oh, damn it. Well, yeah, if, yeah, it, that, if it that, makes that you happy, like that's what I really the most. All right. Uh, an extra movie. Yeah, I know. The was, minor, minor, you're going to pick something weird. Out of the skull. All right. Gone. So, 
Dan, what is your first pick? And I need to move this over here so I can see what the movie options are. All right. My first pick is Michael Mann's Manhunter. All right. I'm going with Bram Stoker's Dracula from Francis Ford Coppola. All right. I am... um, I'm going to go with Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. I'm going with The Invitation. Good. All right. Um, Cloud Atlas. There's so many movies that I want on here. Damn it. Um, All right. Uh, Dave Made a Maze. Videodrome. Nice. Uh, all right. And I'm going to go with Arachnophobia. You know, sometimes you make choices that you know are bad choices, but you just have to follow your heart. Hellraiser okay. 3. Wow. (laughs) What'd you say? Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth. Okay. It's going to be great when Hellraiser 3 gets drawn and like fucking, you know, (laughs) something that I really want to come out, doesn't Hey, you're the one that Uh, let me pick eight movies. My next choice is my biggest regret from one of our punch outs for not voting for this film in Men and Chicken. <laughs> men and Chicken. This is what this is the other is Manhunter and Men and Chicken were the two movies I hadn't seen that I watched for this. Um, okay, I'm going with um, Inside Lewin Davis. Of course, we all knew it was happening. <laughs> yeah, are any of us going to pick movies that we didn't uh, put on our short list? Probably not. <laughs> Uh, I was going to do the invitation. I'm really, really torn. There's too many that I want, but I need Beyond the Gates in here. Okay. I'm Uh, going to go with Brazil. Brazil, okay. Um, I'm going with another round. Ooh. Jeez. Um... There's, there, there are a few that Doing okay I there, feel, no I'm not because there are a few that I feel like the two of you might pick they need to be in here and like if they do not get in here I might flip a table other than the one that my computer is on however I still have four picks left. So yeah, you I'm get an going... extra pick. You, you get to see the lay of the land here. Yeah. So I'm going to go with one that I know that neither of you is going to pick uh, and is not going to be a surprise to either of you. If anything, it's going to be a surprise that it took me this long to pick it. Blood Rage. Yeah. That's what I thought you were going to do when you said Hellraiser. <laughs> God, I love my list. <laughs> All right. I'm going to throw an absolute wild card into this, but uh, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh my god, I love it so much. That's fantastic. All right. 
Um, I am going with Matinee by Joe Dante. All right. So I have three picks left. <sighs> Shit. And there are more than three movies that I want in there. Shocking. I know, right? Um, I thought Matinee might be one of the ones you were talking about earlier. It's it's one of the ones. It, it is one of the ones that's like, yeah, I need that one in there. But I assumed that one of you would pick it. So um, the problem is, the problem is, I have six that I want to put in, and only <laughs> three more spots. Uh huh. What is on the list here? I'm literally just looking at the list I have on my phone. I haven't even looked at the full list while doing this. Oh God. Um. All right. Uh, but but one of you might actually pick that one. I don't think that yeah, you might pick that one. You might pick that one. Um. I am going to go with the Devil's Candy. There's too many movies. Why do I do this to myself? Fun times. All right. Man, Nathan, there's some movies that are on. That, I just can't believe what you're picking and what you're leaving off. Dude. All right. For my. We'll talk about that in a second. My, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Dan. My last choice is Christine. Yeah, I knew Dan was going to go with that. All right. Eric, for your final pick. Nathan? Yes. It's going down because it's The Descent. Is that going down? The Descent? That's The, the Descent. That's yeah, the, yeah, 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 movie. yeah. All right. Yeah. So I have two picks left. There are one, two. There's one movie that I'm going to be very upset three, with you if you don't. Four, you know five. You want it. There, there are six movies that I want. <laughs> Somehow, there's still six movies that I want on there. Ah, oh, truly God. shocked that uh, Hellraiser three made this list. Oh, I'm not at all. Um, it's the only Hellraiser that we've given a full episode. So that I know, but that was almost more by principle. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh, I should. All right. To, did we not do an episode on the first one? No, we did not. We we uh, guess you're right. talked about it. We talked about that one during our Hellraiser three, but no, I guess that's what it was. We uh, we've not. All right, all right. I need that one on there, but uh, we've already talked about how it's a perfect movie, so I'm fine with that not being there. Listen, oh man, I dude, can't believe you just cut trimmers, Nathan. This it it is it is hurting my soul. To not have trimmers on the list. That's 100% what you were talking about. That is a thousand percent what I'm talking about. Yep. Anytime Nathan <sighs> talks about a perfect movie, it is either Jaws or Trimmers. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> Those are the two perfect movies in Nathan's mind. You're not wrong. Um, all right. Oh, shit. Okay. I think that I have to pick a movie and I'm sorry guys this is really hard for me right now because there's a lot of movies that I need on here two of them 
are indie movies that I adore that I need us to give more discussion to. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of them have about 80 years in between them, but uh, have a lot in common based off of not mm-hmm. only when we discuss them, but uh, the, the themes that we discussed when we discussed them. Mm-hmm. <sighs> One of them is just like, you know, Super Mario Bros. And how can we not have that on the list? Nathan, we're probably going to be doing another episode of that movie at some point. So, I mean, that's true. That's true. We do, we do have another episode that we're trying to get scheduled uh, for just a few months from now. So I can leave off that one and give it some more attention then. All right. Cool. So I'm, I'm just going to, I'm about to go. verbalize all of Nathan's, uh, uh, cryptic <laughs> what? Uh, ruminations here where he's he's torn between After Midnight and Sadistic Intentions. I really am. And he's torn between The Bride of Frankenstein and is it The Lighthouse, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Yep. 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 All right. So if Tremors is a, obviously a perfect movie and we're talking about Super Mario Bros. coming up soon, then fine. I can leave both of those off. So yeah, it's uh, uh um, we're going to go with The Lighthouse over Bride of Frankenstein. Ooh. Because we talked about in Bride of Frankenstein that it's a goddamn masterpiece. So obviously that movie has enough accolades. And um, I think that we are going to have to go with After Midnight. I am so sorry, Eric Pinnikoff. I adore Sadistic Intentions. I adore it so much. I hate, hate, hate that Eric and Dan did not make better picks. Uh, and I'm mostly forced. me. You thought I was going to pick it, didn't you? I was. I was hoping I that you close. would. It was on my longer list. It was very close. All right. So that means if I had the, if I had the extra pick, it would have been sadistic intentions. Or Breakdown, which is the movie that Eric Pinnikoff joined us to talk which about. Is, yeah, that was another great one. All right, so uh, the movies that are in the Skull of Decisions, which I will be finding and adding in just a second, are uh, my picks were Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, Dave Made a Maze, Hellraiser 3, Beyond the Gates, Blood Rage, The Devil's Candy, The Lighthouse, and After Midnight. And to be fair, that's a pretty accurate representation of me. Eric's picks, Absolutely. Bram Stoker's Dracula, Cloud Atlas, Arachnophobia, Inside Lewin Davis, Another Round, Matinee, and The Descent. Also a fairly accurate description of Eric. Some real me picks. And Dan's oh. picks. Manhunter, The Invitation, Videodrome, Men and Chicken, Brazil, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, and Christine. I, I'm not mad at the ones that made it in. Again, our entire 30 were perfect uh so that means that the ones that did not make it into the list were let's see uh breakdown did not make it in event horizon did not make it in hush um sadistic yeah, intentions no god it, it hurts me that sadistic, sadistic intentions is not in there super mario bros the bride of frankenstein the handmaiden the light, uh, no, sorry, a big lighthouse, uh, and trimmers are trimmers. the ones that did not make it. All right, so as I out. find these, yeah, those are those are those are great movies. I mean, oh, God, it hurts me so much. I should just add all eight of those into the uh, 
Eight? No. Yeah, eight. I should just add all eight of those <laughs> yeah. into the chaos bracket. All right. So as I am finding those movies and adding them into the skull, uh, the two of you talk about um, talk talk about some of the ones that did not make it into the list that were very high on your. Ooh, I almost picked it, but I didn't. Dan, you want to take uh, this? One? I really didn't have much else that was going to go into this i i picked hush but now i i didn't put that in mostly because fuck netflix because they're taking that off their service which means it might not be available on anything for a while yeah there's no physical release of that one is there there's bootlegs but that's it yeah Yeah, such a good movie if netflix takes it off and then doesn't do anything with it it kind of reeks of we're pissed at flanagan for leaving all right, yeah, because he That's did what it feels jump like to ship. Me. Yeah, I canceled uh, the Midnight Club. Um, the other one I had on my list was Super Mario Brothers, just because. Why not? It's fun. And then, There's uh, a, an animated remake coming out soon, guys. You know that? Uh, well, <laughs> obviously, a remake. If only yeah. it were a remake of that movie, that would be amazing. I mean, it's the same title. If they had animated the designs of the movie, fuck yeah, would have been incredible. <laughs> It's that like a dystopian. I hope they visit the dystopian uh, uh, mushroom. It's got to be, they, they gotta gotta be one of the, the fungus. It has to be. <laughs> it's got to be. Yeah. So there, there will eventually be a Mario multiverse movie. You just fucking know there will. Uh, so. Yeah, for sure. Mario is kind of already a multiverse, really. He goes, yeah, he goes through those pipes and he's going into different little universes. And I mean, yeah. you're fucking Super Mario 64, you're jumping into different painting universes. Yeah. I mean, Mario's the, he's the, he's the OG multiverse hopper. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one I had on my short list but did not put in was Event Horizon, which I feel like after uh, Nathan put in Hellraiser 3, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of love that Hellraiser 3 is in there, but not Event Horizon. Unfortunately, no, Paul. Nothing w. against Anderson Event Horizon. I just love that that was the, uh, the reasoning. Yeah. Eric, what about you? What were some of the ones on your short list? Yeah, I mean, pretty. I'm, I wish Breakdown could have been on here. Uh, that movie is so good. Just totally knocked my socks off. Kurt Russell is somehow like, I mean, we talked about it on the episode, but I just love how he's so good at being like the most like stereotypical hero figure in a movie. Like he's so heroic, but then he can literally just put on some slacks and a polo and be the most like, ordinary everyman you've ever seen in a movie um and that was just an absolute blast those 90s movies um where everything's all practical and it's just ah, it's so hot and sweaty and tactile I just absolutely love that movie um what else did i have Ooh, i mean the, there's the a thing. ranking punch out that we need to do sweatiest movies that's a good one yeah i would be really all about good. that yeah um, I had Sadistic Intentions. That was one of my longer picks. I mean, I absolutely adore that movie. My only reason I didn't pick it is because I feel like we've just talked about it so many times on the on the podcast. We've had, I mean, and we love Eric Pennykoff. He's been on a few times. Um, and of course, we love Jeremy Gardner and Taylor Zodka. Uh, it's just such a such a good movie that totally took me by surprise. One of the real highlights of the first year of the podcast was like the thrill of being able to go to a film festival with a press pass for the first time and be a part of that world premiere and being so nervous about what it was going to be with that title. And then just like, 
immediately falling in love with this movie. Um, it's it's definitely one that I think is a real uh, stamp for the podcast in general. Um, but I just felt like we talked about it a lot already. Uh, what else did I have? I think that's just... Oh, I had The Handmaiden, of course. Uh, Handmaiden, that one I only kind of didn't do because we did talk about it so recently. Um, and I feel like it might be a bit of a recency bias kind of thing for me, but that movie's just an absolute fucking knockout mm-hmm. in just top to bottom, beautiful filmmaking, absolutely incredible like character dynamics and just the way that that plot unfolds is so twisty and fun and I absolutely love those movies that just fold in on themselves like a wormhole and like make you reevaluate everything that you've seen up until, you know, that point in the movie. Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely love that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, don't feel, I mean, again, it's another one of those where it's like, it's one of the highest rated like movies on Letterboxd. It's been stayed pretty like firmly in the consciousness. I feel like over the last few years and it doesn't need my help. Blank check, blank check will be covering it soon. They're doing Park Chan Wook. So it won their March Madness bracket. <laughs> By you know? literally one vote. By literally one vote, Park Chan Wook did, yeah. Um, all right. So just to make sure that I don't have another fish tank situation on my hands, these were the eight movies that did not get picked, right? Event Horizon, Super Mario Bros., Bride of Frankenstein, Sadistic Intentions, Tremors, Handmaiden, Hush, and Breakdown. Yes. Yes. Good. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Making sure I didn't lose one of those in the fish tank. Uh, for anyone who listened to our last punch out, <clears throat> where I might have been so exhausted that I made a few mistakes during the episode. Uh, yeah. So of those eight, the the ones that were on my short list. And again, I love all of these. I adore Breakdown. It was so much fun uh, discussing that with Eric Pinnikoff. And yeah, it's one of those movies that feels just kind of like a eh, whatever. It's just a generic. 90s quasi action drama but god damn if that movie just didn't just as as the kids say slap uh that movie was awesome uh hush i slap so hard i i adore hush i think that that might have been the first flanagan movie that i fell in love with flanagan's movies it's such a simple such a simple premise but executed so so expertly uh handmaiden you just talked about that one and yeah we talked about that so recently um Tremors is a perfect movie. It hurts my soul that Tremors is not in the list. I didn't really think that either of you were going to pick it, but I needed to see what else was going to uh, to, to go in before I added that one. Um, and and yeah, I mean it's as Eric said when I talk about perfect movies, the first two that come to mind: Jaws, Tremors, and then you know, I guess other movies. Uh, so just you got another solid creature feature in there. Yeah, and you know that's the other thing I was trying to get a, a nice balance between the types of films. Sadistic Intentions, I adore. I adore Eric Pinnikoff. Uh, I I cannot wait for literally every single movie that he's ever going to make. The Leech is just fucking perfect. Uh, it's God, it's so good. Um, and and yeah, Jeremy Gardner and uh, Taylor Zodka, uh, actually technically now Taylor Gardner. Um. They have so much chemistry, obviously, because they're married. Um, but that chemistry just shines through that movie in in a way that brings so much heart, and they can definitely carry an entire movie on their shoulders. I I am going to forever question why I went with After Midnight over Sadistic Intentions. But if I had picked Sadistic Intentions, I would be questioning why I didn't go with After Midnight. Both of those movies are amazing. 
I, I, I think what ultimately did it was the uh, that 13 minute long take and just how yeah. they, there's really so cool. so much emotion in that scene. Uh, Bride of Frankenstein, again, it's a masterpiece. I adore that movie. Probably one of my top five movies of all time. We don't need to add it to another top five list when it's already one of my favorite movies, period. Super Mario Bros., uh, again, we hopefully will not not hopefully we will be covering that again for its 30th anniversary whether or not it's just going to be the three of us or uh if we're going to have a guest i still need to get some of that scheduling worked out to see if it's going to happen um but yeah we're, we're going to be talking about super mario bros again soon and then event horizon and there there is one reason why i'm sad event horizon did not make it into the list i honestly uh don't feel like the episode that I did did that movie justice. I think that it was either the first time that I saw the movie or it had been way too long since I had seen it. And so the discussion, I don't feel like gave enough love to the movie. Uh, that's one that we need to revisit because it honestly deserves more love than I gave it the first time. And I'm willing to admit that about myself. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm not sad with, uh, with the ones that we have in there. I'm just very, very sad. Sadistic intentions and trimmers are not in there. Yeah, sorry, friend. <sighs> it's okay. It's Good okay. luck next time. But if you know what, with all of those, for though to, to only have two movies that I'm just like, <laughs> I'll survive. <laughs> well, I mean, buckle up because <laughs> I don't know no, if you know no. what the popcorn punch out does, but it uh eliminates movies yes i know and uh what the 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 the, um the predictions that we should have made for tonight are how many goddamns and fuck yous are going to be said over the course of this episode because i suspect uh yeah this could be the 400th could also be the very last episode of this podcast but we'll see see. i'll just if like slam our laptops in frustration and i mean if if i stuck with the podcast after it follows and you stuck with the podcast after godzilla 98 twice (sighs) (laughs) i just cannot believe earlier you talked about how like yeah there are only like two movies i've ever watched this podcast that i would say i hate and my first thought was like i could say more than that and one of them is fucking Godzilla twice i know okay here we go. Woo. There is punch so, out, punch out, so punch much tension out. in the jangling of my skull balls. We need some fanfare or something like uh-huh. playing. Playing. Right. Good God, I sounded so southern just now. First up in our 400th episode, the personality of the podcast. Okay. I'm going to give a little bit of a preamble. I'm already angry. I'm not preamble. <laughs> I'm already angry because these oh two God. movies are two of the movies that honestly I wanted in the top five. Oh my God. That's great. Good. Also, guys, I love the skull of decision so much and just the way that it brings together just like somehow it knows to pair the movies that it does. Because first up in our discussion is Beyond the Gates going up against. Do either of you want to take a guess? No, uh, I would have guessed Beyond the Gates one you wanted in the top five. 
So say what? I'd be way. I would have never suspected you wanted to be on the gates in the top five. So <laughs> personality of the pod. Not I'm gonna necessarily. Say Dave yes. made a maze. Uh no. Mm. Videodrome. Oh, Videodrome. Okay. You know, it's funny. Videodrome. I, yeah. Okay. So that makes sense. We've, we've got uh, two little VHS uh, sucking you into some form of hell oh, with makes, uh, makes Beyond the Gates going up against Videodrome. All right. Uh, Beyond the Gates, 2016 film directed by Jackson Stewart. Mm. Press play and pray. Two estranged brothers reunite at their missing father's video store to liquidate the property and sell off his assets. As they dig through the store, they find a VCR board game titled Beyond the Gates that holds a connection to their father's disappearance and deadly consequences for anyone who plays it. Videodrome is the 1983 film directed by David Cronenberg. It is 88 minutes long with a rating of 3.9. First, the control. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Eric forgot the rating is what both of us tried to jump in and say. First it controls your mind, then it destroys your body. As the president of a trashy TV channel, Max Rent is desperate for new programming to attract viewers. When he happens upon Videodrome, a TV show dedicated to gratuitous torture and punishment, Max sees the potential hit and broadcasts the show on his channel. However... After his girlfriend auditions for the show and never returns, Max investigates the truth behind Videodrome and discovers that the graphic violence may not be as fake as he thought. Bum, bum, bum. Eric, what is the uh, rating uh, for Beyond the Gates? Yeah, I forgot to mention uh, Beyond the Gates, 84 minutes long, uh, 2.6 on Letterboxd. That's, that's, a, that's mean. That, that it is <laughs> such a better movie than a 2.6. Wrong yeah, good people. stuff. All right, fellas. All right. So Beyond the Gates, I added that one. Um, I love this movie. I I saw it for the first time at Knoxville Horror Film Festival. When did it come out? 2016. 2016. So I saw it uh, five years ago, six years ago. I saw it several years ago um, uh, at Knoxville Horror Film Festival and then again at Frightening Ass Film Fest. And I loved it both times. It's... it it has that you know like throwback 80s uh feel about it but it doesn't just feel like it's only relying on nostalgia it it feels like it's uh kind of interacting with that a little bit more um again it's it's an indie movie and and i adore it it's got graham skipper uh and a bit part it has matt mercer chase williamson uh barbara crampton um uh brea grant i just there's so much about this movie that i adore Adored the first time that I saw it, and and even from the opening credits, where like it's got the uh, like the inside of a VCR with like the the tape spool going around, it's just it it hit me in the nostalgic feels. I love this movie. Um, everyone should see it. It is so much better than a two point six. That's some bullshit right there. <laughs> I I think so. I I love this movie so much that honestly it might be the most discussed movie on the podcast because I did an individual review of it. And then I think that I did an episode with Lucas. Uh, and then I think that I did another episode with it. And yeah, I, I love this movie. I love this movie. I, I don't know what else to say because there's a whole lot more to say. Uh, but yeah, beyond the gates way better than a 2.6. 
was good. Uh, Dan, you added Dan, yeah. Videodrome. Uh, if you want to just say, hey, Siri, what movie is David Cronenberg? <laughs> it's going to send back Videodrome, man. It's futuristic. It's weird. It's downright disgusting at times, and it will leave you scratching your head or your new VHS input belly thing. Uh, <laughs> um, you've got a question as to where it could possibly be fucking going. It's it's just Cronenberg at his most Cronenbergian for me. Of course, this stars our favorite actor, James Woods. We all starring, love him. Never, starring piece of shit, James Woods. But also, never done anything bad. But also, though, it's, he's balanced out by Deborah Harry, who is just all kinds of amazing and cool. So she's very good. Yeah, it's it's weird that she's not like. I wish she was in more. Movies. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I know she's in a few here and there, but like, I don't know. She's she's great. Um, yeah, I love both of these movies. This is a tough one because it feels so lopsided. I feel like like when you have a movie like Beyond the Gates, it's it's obviously like trying so hard to punch above its weight class. Like it's it's very ambitious on a very small budget and it's so creative and inventive with the way that it's pulling off its effects like whenever it goes into like the the kind of board game realm. It's been a few years since I've seen it so I might be getting well, some it's, of the it's basically like a horror Jumanji where they start yeah exactly like the uh, like the old VHS board games where you'd put the, um, the the movie in the VCR and it would tell you what to do and so like you'd follow along but like Jumanji right only this time it's Barbara things. Crampton telling you what to do and you're like okay yes yeah and and then you know like heads exploding and yeah Matt Mercer gets to die again spoiler alert Mm. he dies real good Um, and then you have Videodrome which of course is is, I'm with Dan like I do think it's kind of like I don't know it might be my favorite Cronenberg movie but I do definitely think that it is kind of like the epitome of what Cronenberg does so well um, and it's one of my favorite episodes of this podcast that we did. It was like the culmination of our Halloween coverage that first year that I was on the podcast. And Where it was we such a great daily episodes. We did, we did daily, daily episodes, episodes for two yeah. full months and ended with Videodrome and the obsession of, you know, like how how media can can suck you in and consume your life. <laughs> and that yeah, was I a, think that uh, we it was, it was a very were living episode. <laughs> And I'm just such a sucker for anything that's about like how media affects people and analog technology and body horror. Like it just ticks so many boxes for me. Um, yeah, I love I love both these movies. All right. Any further discussion before my heart gets broken for the first time? <laughs> uh, I'm ready to go, fellas. What about you? Our popcorn Punch Out channel on Discord, right? <laughs> yep. I got my gif ready. I'm gifting this time. <laughs> I mean, uh don't isn't that isn't that the the entire way that we um uh well, isn't that the way that I've we do been, things? I was chastising you guys last time, or or maybe it's just you, Nathan, because you're like, hold on a second, I gotta find a gif, and it's like for fuck's sake, it's like almost midnight. Just click a button, <laughs> type it in. See, I'm just gonna fuck with both of you and just post a picture of a VHS tape and make you figure it out. I thought about that too. I was like, oh look, here's a VHS tape. Mm-hmm. All right, we ready? All ready. right. Uh video rack attack. 
All right. Well, the gates <sighs> have closed because we have all. Oh wait, no, Nathan, you voted for Beyond the Gates. I see. For some yeah. reason, I thought that was Deborah but no, that's, that's Barbara Crampton. It's the wrong movie. That's Barbara Crampton. Uh, it's the wrong movie. Yeah, that's yeah. why I was confused. That's it's from Beyond, not Beyond the Gates. But yeah. Anyway, uh, Videodrome has defeated Beyond the Gates. I'm sure <sighs> nobody in Beyond the Gates would be upset about that, though. Ah, uh, I am upset about that. Honest to God, Beyond the Gates, I wanted in the top five. Look, if Beyond the Gates had gone, had not gone up against Videodrome. But here's the other thing. Graham Skipper and Matt Mercer and Barbara Crampton and Jesse Merlin and Chase Williamson and Brea Grant. I do love me all those people. Versus James Woods. David Bruckner is in this too. I didn't realize that. I don't, and Josh Ethier, of course. And Josh Ethier. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff. I like the movie. It's It's a lot of fun. I love it. I love it so much. If I had the fourth uh, chaos card, I would probably use it. But Ooh, I have a chaos card. I don't know if I can do that first round, knowing how many other movies there are and knowing how my movies probably aren't going to make it to the end. Yeah. Uh, I really, really wanted to put the fly on this list. But when Dan said he was doing video drum, I was like, okay, that's fine. We'll just do video drum. Yeah. Um, all right, Dan, are you using a chaos card for Beyond the Gates? <laughs> nope. Eric, are you using a chaos card for Beyond the Gates? Nope. It hurts my heart, but neither am sorry, I. You're not sorry at all. I I can be sorry. I have the capacity to be sorry. I mean, sure, but you're not. All right, next up. We have... All right. Next up, we have a movie that was added to the skull by Dan and a movie that was added to the skull by Eric. All right. So um, this next pairing, I'm going to call it um, Podcasters Against Drunk Driving as we've got Christine going up against another round. Ooh. Oh, man. Oh. This is interesting. Okay. Christine from 1983, directed by John Carpenter, is 110 minutes, has a letterbox rating of 3.5. How do you kill something that can't possibly be alive? Geeky <laughs> student Army Cunningham falls for Christine, a rusty 1958 Plymouth Fury, and becomes obsessed with restoring the classic automobile to her former glory. As the car changes, so does Arnie, whose newfound confidence turns to arrogance behind the wheel of his exotic beauty. Arnie's girlfriend, Lee, and her best friend, Dennis, reach out to him only to be met by a fury with a capital F like no other. <laughs> Fun stuff. Another Round is a 2020 film directed by Thomas Vinterberg. It is 117 minutes long with a rating of 4.0. Four high school te- teachers launch a drinking experiment upholding a cons- constant low level of intoxication terrible but that's what that's what the letterbox one is yeah the description did not win me over when we were talking about it for our march madness uh i remember thinking like this movie just sounds boring but it's not it's a great movie all right dan you added christine i did add christine because gosh darn it it's my favorite state stephen king adaptation it's not. It might not be the best, might not be the most well liked, but it is my favorite. Damn it! And I could watch it for eternity. 
I love every little carpenterism that's in this film. I love his, you know, he he was the first director that allowed a car to talk to its radio, and then Bumblebee came along. <laughs> Um, fucking Michael Bay, <laughs> fucking Michael Bay, always ripping off John Carpenter. Um, it's just got a killer soundtrack, great cast, um, amazing practical effects for the time, and one of the cinema's best bullies, Buddy Rapperton. Good stuff, yeah. Yep. Scott, it's still what arguably like maybe one of the best adaptations of a King novel. Mm-hmm. Like taking that book and all of its like weird, unwieldy digressions and just like getting to the absolute heart of the story. Yep. It is such a brilliant like adaptation. I mean, it's no maximum overdrive, but I guess it's okay. Very well, little opposite where it's expanding off of a short story and then <laughs> just, like, taking the like an 800 or 600 page novel and like getting it down to a movie under two hours. Yep. John uh, Carpenter is the. Adding things to the bone. He, and he's very good at it. Uh, Eric, another round. Uh, yeah, this is one of those movies that, like, I th- I'm pretty sure when we did the punch out, I was a little upset because another round defeated The Hunt, which was what I was really going for. And in hindsight, I'm glad it won because The Hunt probably would have been very depressing. <laughs> and uh, I still haven't seen it, actually. But another round is one of those movies that, like, it just. I'll never forget, like, I, I don't think that there is another movie that has a more cathartic ending than another round. Like, it's this really great drama that, like, has these men going through this weird experiment together, and it is so open-hearted, and and Matt's... I mean, the, his performance in this movie is just unbelievable. He's so vulnerable, and you really feel for all these characters, even though they're doing something that is, like... Uh, misguided at best and uh, extremely um, I don't just, just, I mean it's just terrible I mean it's an awful thing to do and uh, it predictably uh, all falls apart for them but not in the way that you would expect uh, but yeah anyway it all culminates in this just like moment in the film that literally had me weeping I mean like openly tears streaming down my face it's just so incredible when you get to the end of that movie, and I wouldn't say it's like so. Hold on, hold a on, hold on. Happy ending. Hold on. What? So you openly wept for four drunk white dudes, but you yes. did not shed a tear for tigers are not afraid. Oh fuck off, Nathan! We, all right, we got we got to move on. We we can't. No, I did not. I didn't. I didn't like. And that's just the oh, power God. of. Uh, and again, it's it's the kind oh, of thing that's never. I would have Maybe never one of those little kids that dance like mads. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They they just had to they just had to dance. The, the tiger stuffed animal was dancing like mads. Like oh. another round is not the kind of movie that ever seems like something that I would really be that into. Like I don't I don't drink. It's not a thing that I do or care about. Like I, I don't know. It's just it's a movie that really snuck up on me, and I found it to be just so moving and beautiful. And and yeah, the final. Even though it's not a particularly happy ending overall, there's just something that is so joyous and beautiful about that moment of him just kind of accepting things as they are and dancing like that. And God damn it, somebody put Mads Mikkelsen in a musical. Like, <laughs> stop p- casting him as fucking 
Johnny Depp, Grindelwald, or whatever. Like, stop making him these cookie cutter villains and let him dance. Put him in a musical with Graham Skipper. God, please, please. Yes, that would be amazing. Like, imagine Graham just singing to Mads Mikkelsen while Mads Mikkelsen dances. Like, it would just be the most beautiful thing ever committed to film. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, Christine is amazing. I adore John Carpenter. I don't think, no, admittedly, I've not seen every Carpenter film, but there's not been a single Carpenter film that I've seen that I don't adore. And uh, after we did our Stephen King series, I love damn near every King adaptation, even the god awful ones. Uh, so Christine is just a beautiful, beautiful mix between Carpenter and King, and I love it. And Harry Dean Stanton is amazing in it, and every single aspect of that movie is is wonderful and amazing uh another round like you said mads mickelson plays creepy great and he plays action star great another round is the movie that shows he also plays like vulnerable and emotional and he has so much more range than uh than people give him credit for he can and do anything he truly can. He there's truly a reason why he's i guess he's probably the most represented on this list of uh, I mean, there might be some other others that I'm that are not obvious, but like, it, it, yeah. he's, he's on there twice, right? Or is he's he got there? Men and Chicken and uh, and uh, and this one another yeah. round. So, Bray Grant was also represented twice with Beyond the Gates and uh, After Midnight. We have, man, yeah, I guess that's, she's not like a lead in in Beyond the Gates, though. Yes, yeah, she. It, oh, fine. Okay, is she? Um, yeah, I mean, you know. Okay, well, just it's. I I told you it's been a long time since I've seen the movie. All right. So, all right. Any additional just, discussion on Christine versus another round? No, sir. No. All right. Here we go. Video rack attack. Uh, yeah. So this is what I expected. Christine has. Uh, Mads was dancing, and Christine just came in and ran him over. Because you guys are, <laughs> those, uh, but those that's okay. Line up perfectly. Because another round is advancing to the next round anyway. Because I'm using my chaos card. Yeah, nice. love All it. All right, uh, are you sending it to the next round or to the chaos bracket? Next round. I mean, it's got to be the next round. It's called another round. Okay. It's getting another round. All right. So, yeah. Christine, I was hoping you would do that. I was hoping you would do that. Yeah, there's no way. I wasn't it worried. hurt me to vote against another round. So. I I was worried, Dan, that you were going to vote for it. I my the first thing I inputted was another round, and then I changed my mind because I was like, maybe maybe Eric will chaos this. Oh great! <laughs> well, I did have next one. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, come on, That's you have four of them tonight, dude. Come on. Okay. All right. So only two picks in, and Eric is already uh, assured that at least one movie is not going to uh, make it out of round two. All right, next. I'm letting the I'm letting the chaos fly tonight, guys. Well, uh, sure. You can go ahead and let that chaos fly right up into the cloud as you search for your invitation. Cloud Atlas versus the oh, invitation. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Blood Atlas is a 2012 film directed by Lana Wachowski, Lily Wachowski, and Tom Tickfer. Um, it is 
172 minutes long with a letterbox rating of 3.4. So long. Um, a set of six nested stories spanning time between the 19th century and a distant post-apocalyptic future. Oh, that's it. That's just like, okay. Cloud Atlas explores how the actions and consequences of individual lives impact one another throughout the past, the present, and the future. Action, mystery, romance weave through the story as one soul is shaped from a killer into a hero and a single act of kindness ripples across centuries to inspire a revolution in the distant future and some other stuff, but that's fine. Uh, the Invitation 2015 film directed by Karen Kusama. It is 100 minutes long with a rating of 3.3. There is nothing to be afraid of. Will and his new girlfriend, Kira, are invited to dinner with the old friends at the house of Will's ex, Eden, and her new partner, David. Although the evening appears to be relaxed, Will soon gets a creeping suspicion that their charming host, David, is up to something. Dun, dun, dun. dun. All right, Eric, Cloud Atlas, yep. you picked that one for the skull. Yeah, God damn it! What a mo- this... Where do I even begin with this movie? Uh, I'm going to try and keep it as concise as possible. Cloud Atlas is just fucking incredible. It's incredible that this movie exists, that it works at all, um, and that it is just at, that it comes together as seamlessly as it does. Um, whereas Christine, where I talked about how it's like such a great adaptation of that novel and the way that it just kind of cuts it to the bone. Cloud Atlas completely reshapes the entire structure of the novel in a way that like makes these incredible connections between these six different stories by having all the actors play like different characters throughout different timelines and you're the way that you can like see a character's arc through different characters that are technically unrelated and the way that they draw those parallels between them. I don't know, man. It's just incredible to me that this movie works at all and that it tells this story by just jumping back and forth between all these different timelines. Um, it's maybe just like one of the most audacious things ever committed to film and uh, features so many brilliant performances. Tom Hanks gets to ham it up, doing all kinds of fun characters and voices. That's just, He loves to do that. Uh, incredible cast. Just so much fun. You get everything you ever want out of a movie in one movie. Uh, I adore it. Uh, I threw out the invitation into here because um, for all the excess and balls-to-the-wall world-building that Cloud Atlas has, the invitation is pretty much the exact opposite of that. Yeah. <laughs> where it's just got a tiny little dinner party among friends. And builds a sense of dread so that you don't know what's going to happen next. Um, one of my favorite performances of that year was Logan Marshall Green, who was just able to carry so much of that film on his back and do so much heavy lifting when it came to just the emotional work being done and telling that story. Um, and one of the best endings of any films that year. It's just, it, it, it's just a, you know, parlor room masterpiece of a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Cloud it. Atlas is as expansive as Eric said. I have issues with it that we talked about on the episode. I'll not rehash all of them here. 
I do not think it's as perfect as you do, Eric, but I cannot argue with the swings that are taken and it is definitely the kind of movie that, that sticks with you and, and you keep thinking about like you mentioned cloud Atlas and there's tons of things that race through my mind. The invitation. I don't want to spoil the ending because it's, it, it, it's several years old at this point, but it's still recent enough that I don't think everyone would have seen it. Um, it's the kind of movie that I feel like you can pretty early on get a sense of what's going to happen. You know, like it's the mm-hmm. kind of thing. And, and maybe it's just because of, of the tone of the movie. Maybe it's because I, I don't know. There, there's just something about it that pretty early on, you might not know exactly what's going to happen, but you, you have a feeling of generally, all right, bad things are going to go down, mm-hmm. but it ramps things up in such a way that the tension is so palpable and so like it it is it it will just wreck you with how tense this movie is and it builds and builds and builds and to me it builds in such a way that it does not feel like it breaks the reality like it doesn't feel you know like some movies like it ramps Mm -hmm. up the tension and it hits a point where like okay well now this is just silly like this is it's gone too far as as big as the implications of the ending of this movie go at no point did i think well that could never happen like it gets to the end and it's like oh shit it's the kind of movie that also if you ever felt if you felt that way like when you watched it in 2015 you probably would have felt differently rewatching it mm-hmm. in you know, 2017 oh yeah <laughs> i've i've not rewatched it since the trump era and I feel like it would be even more yeah. disturbing, unsettling, um, fear-inducing. I, I don't know. Yes. Yeah. All the, right. the, just, there are so many horror movies over the years since this movie came out that are like slow burn movies that are, you know, quote unquote, about grief. And I feel like very few of them are even come close to touching the invitation in terms of the way that it does that like it is in my mind like the best of any of the slow burn kind of horror films just the the incredible amount of tension it rings out of this situation like with it's logan marshall green is going to the home of his ex-wife and they had a child who died and it's his ex-wife with another man and just the inherent tension of that though they play on it so well um and then just the directions it goes in terms of the interesting kind of a cult of personality okay. aspects. And never, and never invite John Carroll Lynch to your dinner party. Just <laughs> yeah, I mean the guy was the Zodiac killer, right? Like he's the Zodiac killer. Come he's on. the Zodiac. So, I mean, we 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 all know he was the Zodiac killer. John Carroll Lynch. I'd like to point out not not his character in the movie Zodiac. Actually, John Carroll Lynch. He's <laughs> is the real Zodiac killer. He's the real Zodiac killer. Yeah. Okay. And Drew Carey's brother, right? So, that was any, his cover. any further discussion before we God vote? Damn it, this fucking sucks. <sighs> okay. Mm. All right. I'm going to go with what I think. I mean, that's that's a good thing to do. This dead air is awesome for the podcast. All right, go with what I think. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, you all ready? Ready. Here we go. Video rack attack. 
Oh, look, the invitation beat Cloud Atlas. Who could have seen this coming? Fuck. <laughs> <sighs> but look at this gif of Tom Hanks licking his licking the salt off of his hand. and, and I, take- I see that, Eric. Oh, he's uh, a British gangster. How could you vote against that? So many reasons. Dan, are you going to use one of your chaos cards for Cloud Atlas? Nope. Eric. I'm, I am definitely not. Well, I'm third in the order anyway, so it doesn't matter. Eric, are you going to use a second chaos card? Here's the thing. I know Dan loves Cloud Atlas. I know he loves this movie. I do. I do quite a bit. You you gave it a five out of five. Yep. But Invitation was my movie of the year for 2016, so it just could not beat it. I'm, I know. I know. And I'm just sitting here thinking like, Cloud Atlas goes up against right, something else. Here's here's the one thing that I ask. I'm only I'm only going to strongly do this here. Think of the podcast of the thirty movies, and also don't do this out of spite. Of the thirty movies on the list, mm-hmm. honestly, Cloud Atlas is the only one that I did not want making it to the end. The rest of them. It might not be the one that I want, but I'd be fine with them. Like whatever it ends Man, up Nathan's being. really pushing hard. Dude, don't do this out of spite. I don't want to do it out of spite. I fucking love this movie. I, kn- it was I also know that you do. Favorite moments on the podcast when I pivoted at the last moment to, to cover Cloud Atlas instead of uh, Road to Perdition because Robert Woods was in the chat and said, do Cloud Atlas. I know <laughs> that you do. And there's a, there's a lot to be said about Cloud Atlas and it is a great movie. That's so good think of the podcast think of how i already had to let go one of my favorite movies with beyond the gates which i think is a really really good representation of the podcast it might not be the best movie it's not the best movie on our list but it's such a good representation we're also approaching this from different angles here we are i know i know that we are i'm just saying so here's the thing. I'm just saying. I'm sending out Alice to the clouds. We're going to put it in the chaos bracket. <laughs> to the chaos bracket? <laughs> yes. I hate you. Oh, my God. I love this so much. Two in a row of using chaos. I'm te- I told I, you. I hate you. I'm letting so it fly. Much. I got to save these other two, though, probably. I need to. Cloud Atlas was my number one movie that I, des- that I wanted on this list more than anything. I hate of you. Of course, I'm going to get up. I hate you. All right. It'll be fun. Be uh, fun. God, I love this so much. I hate it. Nathan's like, I can't believe I let these two assholes join this podcast. <laughs> what am I thinking? I'm going to take over. I, mean, I need to put like an asterisk on the, uh, these are the best movies of the pod as voted by two assholes and me. <laughs> All right, next up, we have Brazil versus Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say this about all of them, but... I know, right? Also, fuck. Oh, if only you hadn't <laughs> used a chaos card on Cloud Atlas. I mean, I got two more. <laughs> it's a 1985 film directed by Terry Gilliam. Um, it is long, 143 minutes, and has a letterbox rating of 4.0. Uh, low-level bureaucrat Sam Lowry escapes the monotony of his day-to-day life through a recurring daydream of himself as a virtuous hero saving a beautiful damsel. Investigating a case that led to the wrongful arrest and eventual death of an innocent man instead of wanted 
terrorist Harry Tuttle. He meets the woman from his daydream and in trying to help her gets caught in a web of mistaken identities, mindless bureaucracy, and lies. Bram Stoker's Dracula is the 1992 film from Francis Ford Coppola. Clocks in at 128 minutes with a rating of 3.6. The blood is life. When Dracula leaves the captive Jonathan Harker and Transylvania for London in search of Mina Harker, the reincarnation of Dracula's long-dead wife, Elisabetta, obsessed vampire hunter Dr. Van Helsing sets out to end the madness. Dan, you added Brazil. I did add Brazil because Brazil holds a special place in my heart. Um... It was my very, very, very first Criterion Collection purchase when they released the three-cut version way back in, like, 1998 or whenever that DVD originally came out. Um, To that point, I had never seen Brazil. I, I had seen some Terry Gilliam films. I had loved them, so I was very anxious to see this. So this was my first real shot at just devouring a movie and truly seeing what different cuts of a film could do. Um, and I just watched that three disc set thoroughly over like the next two weeks, watching every movie, watching every documentary that was on it. Um, it's just a, a brilliant, brilliant film. And it was such a great introduction to dissecting film for me at a, at a younger age. And Eric, you added Bram Stoker's Dracula. I did. Man, remember when we watched Bram Stoker's Dracula? I do. Do you remember that? We talked about it. That was so much fun. God damn it. What a <laughs> sexy-ass movie. What a gorgeous movie. I mean, is there a better-looking movie that we've covered on this podcast? Like, yes. this Quite is a few. I Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is the kind of movie where, like... From from one of the early, I mean, the opening scene with all the red and everything, and that that big battle, and the matte paintings, and all of the optical effects in camera, the shot where like you see Harker on the train reading the book, and then it does like the um, the compositing where the train is like going over the book. It's mm. just the most gorgeous shit that's ever been committed to film, truly. Uh, not to mention, you have Gary Oldman looking hot, 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 hot. When, when he's old, obviously. When he's an old man, of course. Yeah, when he when Harker shows up at the castle, he's so sexy with those like <laughs> that bun that he's got going on, that bun thing. Those old wrinkly buns he's got. Yeah. And then of course, when he's the werewolf version of Dracula, you know, doing it in the graveyard. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> But no, like, I, I straight up fucking in the courtyard too. Like I, I remember being like shocked. Like I, it's shocking how yeah how just what yeah it feels run it is with it all. It's so good. Yeah. Um. God damn, I love Bram Stoker Dracula. Like this is. I mean, I hate to say it, even though I say it all the time. But when they say they don't make movies like this anymore. I mean, they just truly, they didn't even make movies like this back in the nineties when they made this movie, they did to a certain extent, but like, I don't know, man, as far as the nineties, there was a big period of like remaking the universal monster movies. 
um, and revisiting those stories in some way. And for my money, Bram Stoker's Dracula is the epitome of it. I genuinely think it's kind of one of Francis Ford Coppola's best movies, even though he's also made like many of the greatest movies of all time. It embraces kind of the cheesiness of the Universal Monsters and that era, um, while also just being like immaculately made. So much fucking fun. This movie is a blast to sit through. And I even think Keanu Reeves is great. Like everybody disses on him, but like I think that he is bad in a way that is befitting of this film and he is utilized very well. I, Um, I adore Keanu Reeves. He might be one of my favorite actors. It is difficult to watch him in Bram Stoker's Dracula. But that I feel like that it's the character so well though, because you you're supposed to feel for him in that way. He's supposed to be like a bit of a, a so bit it's, of, it's meant to evoke pity. That's what it is. Exactly. He, I mean, he's literally a cook in this movie. No, <laughs> like, that, that's not even it. it. Like I, I think I, I don't think that he was directed very well, especially with this weird accent that he has. I think he, I mean, he's, he, anyway, I don't want to get all into it, but anyway, I think he rules. I, oh, I love, I love Keanu movie. Reeves. I think it's practically flawless flaws and all. Uh, uh, so just make it better for me. So Eric, you say they don't make movies like this anymore, but you do know that Nick Cage is playing Dracula in an upcoming movie. And, yeah, it's and the most Rimsfield. recent the most recent trailers have him recreating the scene where Harker meets Dracula and Nick Cage. It's pretty cool. Oh, Nick Cage looks exactly like Bela Lugosi in, in he those rules. old I'm shots. I'm very excited it's, about it. It's also a very pretty, shiny, CGI, John Wick style action movie, which is cool. Like, it's fine. But, like, it's very much a movie of this time period. And it is not like Bram Stoker's Dracula, which was deliberately anachronistic for the time that it was made. Sure. Uh, yeah, Bram Stoker's Dracula is amazing, and I love it. And it's one of those movies oh, that oh my God. Uh, Anthony Hopkins hams it the fuck up in this movie. <laughs> yeah, he does. He gets, oh, damn, he's, he's so good. He's so excited, like when someone's dead and eaten by a vampire. He's like, ah, now we know where to find him. Ha ha, let's go. He's so God, great. he's so good. And this uh, is like the movie he made right after winning an Oscar. Like it's so. He's like, what if you could do anything? What do you want? I want to play Van Helsing, and I want to just eat up every bit of the scenery just put it all in his mouth uh so i am sure that this is going to come back up when we do our eventual uh vampire punch out uh yeah bram stoker's dracula is the kind of movie that i remember the first time that i saw it thinking like oh it's a fun dracula movie whatever it's fine it's keanu being bad and gary oldman being awesome and winona Ryder being confused and it's, it's fine it's whatever it's great i love it's whatever it's fine it's fine whatever Rewatching it, I was like, oh my god, this movie is amazing. Like, I, I don't remember it being nearly as awesome as what I remember this rewatch uh when we covered it a couple of years ago. It is it is so damn good. Brazil saw it for the first time when we covered it, and it's a masterpiece. It's um I I would I would love to get that criterion disc and actually dive into all of the different cuts and and see what kind of impact it has because it is the kind of movie that the ending definitely, it might not make the movie, but it makes the discussion about the movie. And there's all of the, mm. well, yeah, but in this cut, so this is obviously what happened type of discussions, and and those are always fun. All right. Uh, are, you the, are the two of you ready to vote? Yes. 
Yeah, I didn't talk about Brazil, but that's okay. We got to move on. I mean, dude, I don't there's... love Terry Gilliam, but this is my favorite Terry Gilliam movie. It's it's uh, to be fair, it is, I gave these movies the exact. These are both four and a half out of fives for me. That's what I've got. Give them on on uh, Letterbox. So, uh, um, yes, let's do it. All right. I am looking for a gift, but we have too many other things. Damn it, Nathan. I'll just type in a word. All right. Video Rack Attack. Oh, my God. Thank you, Dan. I cannot believe you just voted for Dracula. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so excited. Dan, I had no idea where you fell on this because you didn't speak to it at all. And I don't think uh, you know. <laughs> and you put uh, Brazil in the bracket. Oh my god. That's fucking awesome. I right. love that movie so much. That was a that is about growing up, was a, growing up was in a file. I had seen The Godfather, I had seen The Godfather 2, I'd seen Apocalypse Now, I'd seen the Iwasires. I'm like, God, this is Francis Court Ford Coppola. It doesn't make bad movies. And then he just disappeared for almost like a decade making shit. Yeah, yeah, I well, uh, yeah Tucker, Man in his dreams and Yeah. Stuff that was fine, but not like this guy makes the greatest movies ever made. And I'm just like, oh, well, he's whatever. I guess he was just one of those 70s directors that was awesome. And then he came up with this and it's like, nope, motherfucker's back. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is what Coppola can do. Just the then... theatrical craziness and still have it work. Yep. Ah, so good. Dan, man, I. Believe. Do you want to use a chaos card on Brazil? I do not. Eric, do oh. you want to use a chaos card in Brazil? Uh, no, I do not. All right. Coming up next. Man, I thought Nathan's going to fight harder for Brazil. No, I, I love Brazil, but I also really love Bram Stokes and Dracula. That, that was a pairing where I loved both of them and I wasn't going to be upset. I am very upset that so far, only one of my movies has come out. That's, that's frustrating. Well, you got an extra one in there. Uh, that just means that there's another one of my movies that isn't going to make it out. I have a all feeling- of my like top picks have come out at this point. Like I'm, I'm pretty happy. Even if not. I mean, I want the rest of mine to come out too. But like, it's crazy. Yeah. No, I have a feeling I'm going to get to the end of this and just be like, all right, guys, I'm, I'm going to need like a break from the podcast for a while just so that I can stew. <sighs> All right. Up next, we are going to need to shed some light inside Lewin Davis as the lighthouse. Oh my God. Goes up against inside Lewin Davis. The skull is uh, shining on me tonight, fellas. <sighs> really is. Well, we'll see how it goes. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to pull this up. I spelled Lewin wrong. Yeah, Eric's getting fired from the podcast tonight, so... <laughs> Look, I'm going out. I'm going out. Oh, I got You're on a hot streak. Inside Lou and Davis, the 2013 film directed by Joel and Ethan Cohen is 104 minutes and has a letterbox rating of 4.0. In Greenwich Village in the early 1960s, gifted but volatile folk musician Lou and Davis struggles with money, relationships, and his uncertain future. The Lighthouse is a 2019 film directed by Robert Eggers. It is 109 minutes long with a rating of 4.0. There is enchantment in the light. 
Two lighthouse keepers try to maintain their sanity while living on a remote and mysterious New England island in the 1890s. Oh, man. So I added the lighthouse because um, <laughs> because it's so bizarre. And what better to capture the personality of the pod of the three of us getting together for hours claiming that we love each other but spending most of the time bickering then uh. to have robert pattinson and um oh shit why am i drawing a blank on his name willem dafoe, willem dafoe thank you having robert pattinson and willem dafoe uh going through such a tumultuous relationship of uh dancing with each other and then trying to murder each other and then using mermaids for questionable purposes and and then it's just it is such a bizarre movie <laughs> and honestly when i was looking through the list of all of the movies that we covered actually before even looking through the list when i thought about all right what movies capture the feeling of the podcast honestly the lighthouse was one of the first ones that just came to mind before even looking at the list it also helps that it is a fucking amazing movie. It's a bizarre yeah. movie. It is not for everyone. But um yeah, I mean that that's I we we spent a lot of time talking about it. I'm not going to go into all the reasons why it is so wonderful and amazing here. Go back and listen to the episode. We have a lot to say about the lighthouse and I am holding back all the other things that I want to keep talking about with it. But we still have a whole lot of podcasts left to go tonight, and we are two hours into this episode. So I'm just going to say The Lighthouse is amazing. Inside Lewin Davis, Eric, you added that one. Uh, yeah, uh, it's a great musical. Uh, it obviously <laughs> uh, led to so many discussions about what is and isn't a musical. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I adore this movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's my favorite Coen Brothers movie. Uh, it's Oscar Isaac just being the fucking best actor. And he's got a cat. And John Goodman's in it. And Adam Driver says Outer Space. Uh, <laughs> and it's got incredible music that I listen to all the goddamn time. I absolutely love it. Um, I don't know. I mean, we won our whole thing. This was my pick for my existentialism series that <laughs> we did before we had a punch out to decide everything for me you guys graciously granted me a birthday wish and i covered some existentialist films and this was the capper to that series and uh went all into it about how much i adore it and how much it's about like just doing your best to get by and constantly being beaten down and how much it just hits so many you know <laughs> It's on so many of the emotions of just being a 30-something. Um, or, yeah, I don't know. Um, anyway, that's all I'm going to say about it. We'll move on. You sound like a goddamn parody. <laughs> you know, sometimes whenever, he, whenever I hear that, when he says parody, I think of it as parity, like a parrot <laughs> on his shoulder, like a pirate. <laughs> that's fair. I like to think that that's what Robert Pattinson refers to parrots as just parities yes uh dan your thoughts on lighthouse versus inside lewin davis no thank you <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna let my vote speak for itself on this one uh, both films are just amazing for completely different reasons um it's a good matchup it's a real good matchup i mean they're, they're all really good matchups 
This one's a real good matchup. All right. Uh, that's very true. All right. Uh, you ready to vote? Ready to vote. All right. Video rack attack. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I hate uh, both of you. Inside Liam Davis. Be, uh, I, I, listen, here's the thing, Nathan. You deployed a GIF of Robert Pattinson saying goddamn farts. <laughs> and I ha- and it really, really <laughs> made me question my decision to vote for Inside Llewyn Davis. I, and I swear to God, I initially pulled up a Lighthouse GIF and I was going to vote against Inside Llewyn Davis. But then I was like, you know what? I don't think it's going to win. So I'm going to go ahead and vote for Inside Llewyn Davis as my heart says. I really bought into your argument though and I maybe kind of regret voting against the lighthouse yeah instead of just voting for to ever vote against a Cone Brothers film it's yeah. very hard for me to do such that. a good movie as like wonderful as, as amazing as all of Robert Eggers films have been it's Cone Brothers I can't vote against them and Davis <laughs> is just such a unique film of theirs that I couldn't go against it. <sighs> it is so good. All right. You got three chaos cards, Nathan. Come on. You can Dan, are you using a chaos card for the lighthouse? I am. What did you say you are? No. Damn it. <laughs> it did cut out for a second. I saw him shaking his head no, but it cut out before you said no. <laughs> Nathan's Eric, eyes lit up when I, you said I am I am so <laughs> angry right now. Uh, Eric, are you going to use a chaos card for the lighthouse? <laughs> I've only got two chaos cards left. You can't ask me to use one on the lighthouse. <sighs> well, I'm, so I'm, I'm going to use one and I'm going to send it into the chaos bracket. Oh, Ooh. Okay, good, good. I'm happy for you, Nathan. I'm really glad that you got a win on this one. No, that's not a fucking win, dude. <laughs> I am fucking angry. <laughs> I feel I'm starting to feel really bad for Nathan because this is well, I just, I just how this voting has turned this particular vote into the lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's our plan. We're just trying to get you to spiral. <sighs> yep. Of, of all the episodes. <sighs> I really can't believe how this is going so far. I am. <sighs> I I am I am angry is what's happening. All right, <clears throat> got to rein it in. Okay, still have a whole lot of podcasting left to do. All right, next up, we have two of my favorite movies. So at least a movie that I love is actually going to move forward this time. Good for you, Nathan. No, it's not good for me because we have arachnophobia. Oh. And we could probably just go ahead and and put that one onto the next one and just hurry things along because it's going up against Hellraiser 3 Hell on Earth. Oh, man. Oh, no. What are we going to do? Arachnophobia is a 1990 film directed by Frank Marshall. It is 109 minutes with an, a letterbox rating of 3.2. Um... Let's see here. A large spider from the jungles of South America is accidentally transported in a crate with a dead body to America where it mates with a local spider. Soon after the residents of a small California town disappear as the result of spider bites from the deadly spider offspring, it's up 
to wait. Oh, soon at okay, I put the wrong inflection. God damn it, I'm so bad at this. It's up to a couple of doctors with the help of an insect exterminator to annihilate these eight legged freaks. That's it. Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth, 1992 film directed by Anthony Hickox. It is 93 minutes long with a rating of 2.7. What started in hell will end on Earth. Pinhead is trapped in the Pillar of Souls. Fortunately for him, it is bought by a young playboy who owns his own nightclub. Pinhead busies himself escaping by getting the playboy to lure his victims to his presence so he can use their blood. Once free, he seeks to destroy the puzzle box so that he can never re- he need never return to hell. But a female reporter is investigating the grisly murders and stands in his way. That that's a quite a description. All right, yeah, it's all very long. Eric, arachnophobia. Yes. I have it. I'm scared of spiders. Don't like them. Uh, although I don't like to kill them. Spiders kill like the yeah. But no, uh, we we are we are talking about why you added it to the list. This one was a very fun one because I th- uh, when we covered it, that was the first time that you saw it, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I fucking love it. It's so good. I mean, goddamn, what a blast. It's like the epitome of exactly what you want out of a creature feature. Arachnophobia is kind of my way of getting Jaws onto this list without getting Jaws onto this list because for all of the Jaws ripoffs that have been out there over, you know, the last 40 years or whatever, um, this one is the best uh, because it's not an obvious Jaws ripoff. (laughs) For one thing, uh, you know, most of the Jaws ripoffs make the mistake of being about sharks or about being something giant that is just going around eating everything. Yeah. Or being like in the water, like piranha being something in the water, like still very much playing on the very same kind of like fear, same milieu. Um, Arachnophobia does all of the same stuff. It's, you know, a new doctor is moving into town. He's scared of spiders. He's, it, it hits so many of the same beats where you're learning about all the different town folk and seeing how it affects them. Um, but yeah, uh, it's funny. We did we covered this and Bram Stoker's Dracula back to back. Yes. <laughs> I put both of them on there because we did it as part of our 90s series. And both of these movies just knocked my fucking socks off. And I realized during that series that I absolutely love 90s movies because yep. they are fun. We're able to, they're fun and they got these bigger budgets. Like they actually got the budgets to like really pull off some spectacular stuff. And it was mostly like kind of pre CGI or it was at least like early enough where it wasn't relying on it so much like it is now. So like when you see a spider attack in this movie or spiders, they actually had spiders in the movie and it's really fucking creepy and terrifying. Um, and yeah, it just has a lot of great side characters. It's it's such a blast. Like this movie's so much fun. Um, as far as creature features goes, I don't think it could be topped. Yeah, and I, a great gateway horror movie as well. I love this movie. I love it so much. I've already written down that it's the winner. Um, <laughs> I, I love arachnophobia. Why would you do that? <laughs> because it's so much fun. And I'm I'm sad that Hellraiser three is going to lose, but I love Arachnophobia. It is so much fun. I love the fact that John Goodman has his own theme song, and it's like so course, yeah. and quirky, and like it goes against the entire tone of the rest of the movie, which is why it works so well in the tone yeah, of the movie. It's still, it's yeah, it's amazing how well it works, even though it feels like it. He's beamed in from an entirely different he, movie. He has like a like a like a comedy sitcom like jazz intro music uh playing whenever he's on screen. 
and like it it seems like it should break the tone because it feels like it almost feels like that's the music that he has playing through his own uh stereo whenever he goes someplace like yeah this is my theme music and right yeah <laughs> he's god it's so good and and he's like the quint of the movie <laughs> <laughs> Well, and the other things that I love about this, like you talk about how it's a uh, a Jaws, you know, quasi ripoff. I would say that it also has a lot in common with the thing because no one believes that there are these deadly spiders going around killing people. So it's got some of that paranoia and some of the what we don't trust what's going on. It's got to be this new doctor who's just killing people with his bad doctoring. And well, and so it's got some of that mistrust. It's got a lot of I just I I love it so much it is one of the kinds of movies that uh, yeah it, it is one of the movies that whenever i see it uh you know like at a thrift store for a buck or less i'm just like oh what the hell i'll pick up another copy i don't know how many copies yeah. of arachnophobia i have but it's probably more than five um oh. probably i need to find all of them but yeah, you need to get eight <laughs> all do. the legs it's and and like the cover art is beautiful there is nothing that I dislike about arachnophobia. The, the fact, is so good. The fact that the spider screams at the end when it gets shot with a nail gun and is on fire. Like it, it is since I don't have tremors on here. Arachnophobia is a perfect movie. Hellraiser three. It's a Hellraiser movie. I fucking love Hellraiser. I, it, it, I don't know if it's my favorite of the horror franchises, but Ooh, it's real close. Um, it, it is definitely like if someone were to say, what's your favorite horror franchise? Hellraiser is going to be one of the first ones that I talk about. It might not be the one that I arrive at for my conclusion. But I love Hellraiser. I love Clive Barker. The The original Hellraiser movie is a masterpiece. It is so raw. It, it is the kind of movie that even just thinking about it makes me squirm. Hellraiser 2 is almost as good to me it feels like it pulls on a few too many tropes and and so i have a little bit harder time with it uh especially compared to most other people it's still great it is still the second best hellraiser movie i just don't love i don't have the same love as all so many other people do for hellraiser 2 but then hellraiser 3 it's like hey you know hellraiser you know the 90s let's put the two of those things together and so you have like that nightclub massacre scene and you have the CD demon and you have all oh, of so the, the lines like the I'm ready for my close up or no. Uh, what, what, what does he say? Uh, maybe he says that's a wrap. I don't remember. But you got the, uh, the one that has the, the, like that, yeah. the video camera coming out of his eye. You've got uh, you've got pinhead in a church, uh, you know, doing the Christ pose in front of a crucifix when the stained glass windows explode. That's honestly my favorite image from any Hellraiser movie. I think it's really incredible. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of great imagery in all of these movies. Um, well, you know, at least the first three. But like that image of him with the candles burning and the stained glass window exploding is so indelible. Like, yeah. I think about it all the time. It, it is. Uh, the way he's just mocking them and mocking religion and it's it's really fantastic it is that that image is a very high on my list of like if i start getting horror tattoos that is very high on my list of i really want that i adore the hellraiser series hellraiser 3 is incredibly flawed but so much fun 
Kyle Kukta joined us when we it's, talked about it, and we spent a lot of time talking about man, there's so many flaws, and it could have been, it it could have matched the first two if they had just stayed a little bit more focused. I I I would love to see Hellraiser move on. I know that it's not going to, and that's fine. But people need to know Hellraiser three. It's it's flawed, but it is a damn fine '90s horror, quasi slasher, quasi supernatural it it doesn't know what it is it's confused but at least it's a little bit more focused than some of the other sequels and i i don't know hellraiser 3 has a very special place in my heart and apparently it's that's better it's than going. you would expect it to be i think I, like no it is it is exactly as bad as you expect it to be but it's more fun than people give it credit for uh, it was better than i thought it would be like i, I was pretty surprised i mean like it's not a great movie or anything but it oh god it, no definitely has a scope beyond what you would expect from a Hellraiser sequel. Um, and it pulls off what it's doing very well, I think. Yeah. And the, um, and the fact that you get Doug Bradley uh, in both pinhead and normal person makeup mm, yeah. and you, you get to see that dichotomy of like who he was as a person. And it digs so much more like into the mythology of the uh the cenobites and you know like you get to see them being the 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 torture demons that they are you understand more about the we're angels to some demons to other demons to others like again hellraiser 3 is incredibly flawed but there is so so much about it that i think really really adds to the series overall and again it's just fun um and and it has a special place in my heart and that's where it's going to stay because again i already know arachnophobia is going to advance but let's go ahead and make it official <laughs> well uh i i still have something to say oh yes, one, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, oh um don't be so sure arachnophobia is going to win because um hellraiser 3 is going back to hell <laughs> Talk oh. back in the skull oh wow i love that dan just patiently waited for you to like give your whole spill on hellraiser 3 and i i appreciate that because again that's the point of it is to give it uh, (laughs) give it its doom fantastic oh my god wow although a little nervous because of ragnophobia such a one-sided victory i couldn't i i did now uh you know what i'm i'm gonna say because Wow. And uh, Hellraiser goes back into the skull, and I'm going to show you that I'm not looking as things are jostled around mm-hmm. because it's possible that it can come back out. If it does, and it was meant to be, but that is fantastic. I was not right. expecting that at all. I forget about that redraw thing. Yeah, I should have used it uh, last game. Um, <sighs> God damn Uh-oh. it. Oh. See, this is what I like to feel right here. <laughs> it's like chaos it up. Yeah. So, <clears throat> the new movie that has come out of the skull is John Grismer's Blood Rage. Oh, no. What do we get to? <laughs> Blood Rage. Let's see. Blood Rage is a 1987 film directed by John Grismer. 84 minutes long with an average rating of 3.2 on letterbox. Good for you. Blood rage. Damn. That's, that's great. Um, not all the evil is on Elm street in 1974. Terry commits a murder and pins it on his twin brother, Todd. 10 years later, Todd escapes from a mental institution on the same day as Terry's murderous instincts resurface. 
I love Blood Rage. We have done multiple episodes on Blood Rage. Uh, John Grismer has done three movies in his entire career, and he only directed two of them. I think wrote two of them, produced all three of them. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, it, as I mentioned in the trivia question, he did Scalpel and the bride or the house that cried murdered or last house on massacre street and blood rage uh the the bride is a little bit more it's it's not quite southern gothic but it dips its toes into it a little bit um it's it's not my favorite of his three movies but there's a lot about it to appreciate scalpel is is like full-on southern gothic and i love it and apparently eric the scene or the version that we have seen is the american re-edit of it the international edit is uh like the unrated version and so of which one uh scalpel or false face no oh, i haven't seen that one <clears throat> what i thought you watched that one doesn't matter no I oh uh well it's it's great like of his three movies scalpel is legitimately a great movie the bride is fine it's fun uh blood rage is ridiculous and i adore it but like watching the three of his movies you'll be a little shocked at how good scalpel actually is but then blood rage it's so it's i i i want to say that it's so bad that it's good but i don't think that i legitimately think that it is a great movie i legitimately think that there is so much more at play in this movie uh, again, we spent two episodes talking about this where I think there is a lot of psychology going into it. The uh, the the arrested development and regression that both Todd and Terry experience when um, when they're reunited. You get to see some of those uh, parent-child relationships, the d- dealing with past traumas. I adore this movie. It is so damn good. It is one of the only Thanksgiving horror movies, and it's certainly the best. And it is a Thanksgiving tradition. Like I, I, I refuse to go to sleep Thanksgiving night uh, until I've had a chance to watch this, <laughs> which means I have a late night sometimes with uh, with kids now. But man, it's so, so good. It is a bad movie. The quality is very bad, um, and and I am fully aware of that. I know that most people would probably start watching it and just laugh at it, thinking that it's so ridiculous. I have a a very deep and unwavering love for this movie. And yeah, if you've not yet seen Blood Rage, go watch it. It's on a number of streaming services. You can also buy the DVD or Blu-ray because it's worth it. It's so fucking good. I, I love it. It's all place. Also, John Grismer has a has his own page on the TCM website on Turner Classic Movies. So they've definitely screened his movies on TCM, which I love. I uh, I hope that they have played Blood Rage on Turner Classic Movies. That they have just... they have it listed as Nightmare at Shadow Woods on the TCM website. Which uh, is really okay, cool. so the, the Nightmare at Shadow Woods is the TV edit. Oh, I got you. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. so they probably which, play that. I mean, come on. That's right. John Christmas movies have different titles for the TV edits. <sighs> All right. Fantastic. Also, he uh, we we talked about this before. We should uh, link. We should connect with him on LinkedIn and see if we can get him on the podcast. Because uh, there's his profile. <laughs> Listening to his commentary on the uh, the Arrow release of Blood Rage, um, he does not sound like he's quite as enthused talking about some of the things. Some of it's just kind of like, yep, this is where we recorded this. <laughs> he, he does not have the same uh, devotion That's to the great. movie that I do. 
All right. Let's go ready to vote for arachnophobia. Yes. All right. Video rack attack. Oh. Wait, 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 wait. What, hold what, on, hold what, on. What, what, what? Did you want to talk about some blood rage some more? No, no, no. I was just trying to try to. I didn't know when you said, are you ready? That you meant like, are you ready to actually send it? Sorry. Right. Yeah, no. Are, uh, are, you, are you ready are to vote? Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All We're right. Good. Sorry. Video rack attack. <laughs> well, look, agnophobia has defeated blood rage. Yep. <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry to no, Terry and Terry. Uh, what was the other name? Todd. Terry and I literally just read it. Todd. Terry and Todd. Yes, of course. Of course it's Todd. Yes. And apologies to Louise Lasser, who uh, deserved an Oscar for her performance in Blood Rage. She was really going for it. Yeah, both Terry and Todd, played by Mark Soper, and he does a great job of playing two different characters, and they're very distinct. And it's, uh... yeah, yep. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, no, Nathan. You're not, you're not even Nathan. remotely sorry. Not, uh, nobody can use chaos. Card? I'm not even oh, a little more vigorously than usual right now. <laughs> I'm not even going to bother asking if either of Nathan, you. Nathan, how did you expect this to go? <clears throat> Look, you put in Hellraiser three. And blood rage. (laughs) I did. What did you think was going to happen? You was hoping they would go against each other. Yeah. (laughs) Look, I I have fun with those (sighs) movies. I I have their fun. I'm sorry, I'm clicking my pen. You. uh, (sighs) I'm I I I love the popcorn punch out. I do. I love it. I'm also just so angry. I think you just need to learn how to play the popcorn punch out. <laughs> no, what needs to happen is <laughs> I I was too kind. I I was too kind to both of you in the trivia. I gave a number of questions. I was like, it's impossible <laughs> for me to even get a point from these. I love you, Nathan. You're a good guy. <sighs> Next Your up. Pal. Next up. Manhunter versus After Midnight. Oh, man. Just Manhunter. All right. And the Hunter, the 1986 film from director Michael Mann. Get it Hunter. like Manhunter. Um, 120 minutes, 3.8 on Letterboxd. It's just you and me now, sport. <laughs> I love that that's the tagline. FBI agent Will Graham, who retired after catching Hannibal Lecter with a K, returns to duty to engage in a risky cat and mouse game with Lecter to capture a new killer. Uh, that's not a, that's a... No, I'm not. I'm not a fan of that description. Anyway, go on, Dan. After Midnight, 2019 film directed by Jeremy Gardner and Christian Stella, 83 minutes long with a rating of 3.1. Dealing with a girlfriend suddenly leaving is tough enough, but for Hank, heartbreak couldn't have come at a worse time. There's also a monster trying to break through his front door every night. Uh, who added Manhunter? Dan, you added Manhunter, didn't I- you? I did Manhunter. Uh, fuck Manhunter Wolves, man. Uh, it is just some much like how Videodrome was just pure, unfiltered. Uh, David Cronenberg, Cronenberg, Manhunter just feels like some unfiltered Michael Mann. It's got that neon scheme that he loves, but it's. It's a meaner movie than I would have expected. Uh, Tom Noonan, uh, the aforementioned Tom Noonan, is just absolutely terrifying. 
as Francis Dollar Hyde, so much that when they remade it with someone who we've already proven in Schindler's List to be probably the most frightening human being on the planet in Ray Fiennes, the guy who plays Voldemort, he is still <laughs> second fiddle to Tom Newton's Francis Dollar Hyde. Um, greatest use of Inagata DeVita on film. <laughs> um, 100%. 100%. That's just such a disorienting scene. Um, yeah, it's just... It's a wonderful telling of a Hannibal Lecter film before we even really knew who Hannibal Lecter was. Eric, yeah. you saw Manhunter for the first time uh, just a couple of weeks ago. What are your thoughts? I did, yes. Yeah. Uh, I really loved it. Um, I the, I love that you were talking about how disorienting that scene is because like Michael Mann employs some like real French new wave editing in that mm-hmm. scene where it's like constantly cutting around. like It's like breathless or something. It's wild <laughs> that he could do that in a studio movie. Um, God damn it, this movie looks so incredible. It is so good looking. Like, uh, I'm going to just have to re- uh, read my letterbox review. Dante Spinotti, more like Dante Spaghetti going on. Because <laughs> <laughs> God, Dante Spinotti, the DP of this film, man, what incredible work he's doing. Um, I love that this movie, it, it feels like it's kind of inventing the procedural crime thriller that is now like, what every TV show is like CSI and all that stuff. But it also has these incredible, like surreal moments. Like whenever they push the, the guy on the wheelchair on fire down through the parking garage or like the, the way Did you not recognize who the guy in the wheelchair is. Oh yeah. It's a uh, Stephen Lang, right? Yeah. Stephen yeah. Lang is. Yeah. It's, it's pre Roid rage. Stephen Lang. Not that it's he really so Freud's. I don't know, but it's just, it's so cool to see him in not a tough, badass role. It is crazy to me that that is Stephen Lang. Like, it's it's obvious when you look at him, he kind of sounds the same, but, like, he just does not seem like he is the same person at all. I don't know. It's so so weird. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just so good. It's such a great, like, cerebral uh, crime thriller with... Um, oh, shit, what's the main actor's name? I've already... Uh, I always say Will Graham. But it's oh, Will William Graham. Peterson. Yeah, William Will Graham. Graham. Yeah. Um, William Peterson gives like this really, he like underplays everything such a great way. Um, Brian Cox is a really great Hannibal Lecter. And I love too that this is the kind of movie that like, because it was made in the eighties and it's a crime procedural, like the way that they solve the crime is through like something that is, would probably be completely esoteric to somebody now because they're like having to go through and like look at film reels and stuff from where they're like developing pictures and I don't, it's just so cool like how analog so much of this movie is um obviously because that's just the way that it right would have yeah. been done at the time, so just- super quick um i uh, as far as Hannibal Lecter obviously Anthony Hopkins is amazing obviously you know his his portrayal is iconic I love Brian Cox's portrayal because he seems more like just a person like mm-hmm. so Anthony Hopkins portrayal again super fucking creepy but that's like yeah he's super creepy how could someone in the quote unquote real life of those movies interact with him and not think you're the kind of person who would eat my spleen 
Mm-hmm. Brian Cox is just like just a dude. And like he's so casual about everything. Yeah. And to me, that's yeah, I love so it. much more terrifying because he just seems like a guy. And like, oh, you are just a guy who eats people. And yeah. yeah. The scene where he's like making the phone call and he's like taking the phone apart so that way they can't track it and hear what he's saying or whatever. And it's just so like he's just kind of going about his business and it doesn't seem like he's making a big to do about it or anything. It's so fun. Um, he's terrific. Yep. Absolutely. It's a great movie. Yeah. No, Manhunter is amazing. Uh, after midnight, I added after midnight because once again, I adore this movie. Saw it at, um, saw it at Knoxville horror film fest first. And then at frightening us film fest. Um, uh, I think just a couple of weeks later, both times I, I love it. I loved it so much and I've seen it a couple of times since then. And it's only been like what three years, four years. It was pre-pandemic, um, but but it's I love it so much. It's um, again a lot of the indie people that we've already mentioned that we love: Jeremy Gardner, uh, Brea Grant, Brea Grant, uh, Taylor Zotka Gardner, uh, uh, Christian Stella, and Jeremy Gardner writing and directing it. It's got Henry Zabrowski in it as a bit part, just chewing up every single scene that he is in. I think the thing that I, so when I was going back and forth between after midnight and sadistic intentions, I think the reason that I ultimately landed with after midnight, even though both movies have a lot of that uh, Jeremy Gardner manic energy and they've got, you know, a love story at its core after midnight is like a true love story. And, and these characters have to be vulnerable with each other. And the, again, that 13 minute, uh, um, single long take where the camera is just so slowly panning in or zooming in rather, uh, we had a Christian Stella and, um, Oh shit. Uh, Juan Ortiz, um, on, on the, uh, the podcast and, um, and then we were talking with them about it and they said that like to really, get the energy of that scene pretty much everyone else was gone like they set the camera and then everyone else walked away so it was just jeremy and and brea in that scene and so that intimacy like it really comes through and and like that scene is the linchpin to the entire movie like it brings together all of the tension leading up to where they were it gives you what's going to need to happen to to resolve things moving forward and so it's just such an emotional movie and I was so invested and when it gets to the end, like it, it has me on the verge of tears every time I watch it because of how personal of a story it, uh, it was to Jeremy Gardner and just how, just how expertly they played these roles. And again, I, I love it. Um, I, I love sadistic intentions. I love Eric Pennykoff, but the love story in that one uh, is not as true. It's still great, but um, yeah, after midnight, it's 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 just great, and I love it. Um, yeah, and uh, what did it have? A three point one, two point seven? What'd you say? The, the three point one, was? I think. Three point one. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little low. I mean, that's how it is with a lot of indie movies, where people go yeah, in. For, and a, for an indie horror movie, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, on yeah. Letterboxd. Yeah, it's sometimes I, people go in thinking it's going to be like a monster movie. I mean, especially for a movie that is essentially like <laughs> the premise talks about how it's a monster movie, but there's not really a monster in it for 
99% of it. It's and the poster is a monster. It is. Yeah, the poster is a monster. Yeah. I I, mean, um, I, I get it. Pretty good. But, um, yeah. And, and you, I mean, come on. You get Jeremy Gardner singing uh, a Lisa Loeb song. So. Lisa Loeb. <laughs> so good. That was going to be, if you asked me my opinion on it, I was just going to say Lisa Loeb. Oh, that should have been one of the trivia questions is uh, what song does Jeremy Gardner sing at the end of uh, After Midnight? You say. <laughs> I love it. All right. Uh, you're ready to vote. Yes, sir. All right. Video Rack Attack. I'm so sorry. But after midnight has defeated Manhunter. Manhunter, I should say. He was like trying to type it out quick. Against my hand while I was trying to type that out. (laughs) Damn cat. Doesn't count then since you didn't spell it right. <laughs> that's, that's, that's after man. Uh, obviously after midnight then. Uh, Dan, hey, you got to do after midnight before midnight. We <laughs> just barely. Yeah, we're we're still eventually going to do a series of uh, after midnight, after midnight, before midnight, uh, before sunrise, and oh, there was another one that that we were going to do in that stupid series. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. Uh, like Ten to midnight, maybe was was is that a movie? What is ten to midnight a movie? Yeah, it's the Charles Bronson movie. So we're gonna yeah. do, so we're gonna do Jesus before Christ. midnight, ten to midnight, after midnight, after midnight, uh, and then before sunrise. As another <laughs> film called Round Midnight too, I believe. Ooh, love it. There's there's all kinds of we should we could do an entire punch out of midnight and sunrise and sunset movies. Yes, Dan, are you going to use a chaos card for Manhunter? Fuck yes, I am. Are you moving it to the next round or are you moving it to the chaos round? Oh, it's going to the bracket. To the chaos bracket? Chaos bracket. Damn. All right. That That makes me insane. There's it. Okay. That makes me a little bit happier. Okay. Wow. 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 Okay. I, I might not swear the entire time now. All right. (laughs) We have one, two, three, four, five, You're six, welcome, seven, Nathan. eight movies, uh-huh. and only two more to draw out. And there's so many movies. So many movies have just not been eliminated yet. It's so crazy. All right. Uh, All right. What's this going up against? What is fuck? <laughs> All right. <clears throat> in what is probably the best pairing in this round one, not only in terms of movies that I love, not only in terms of movies that had an impact, not only in terms of movies that made multiple lists of ours when we were creating our short list but also just in terms of capturing the theme of the podcast, these two are probably the perfect pairing. I am so, so happy that one of these is going to move forward. And honestly, this pairing alone makes up for a lot of my anger. Maybe not enough of it, but a lot of it. The last pairing in round one. And I'm so, 
so happy that Dan has already used his redraw, so I don't have to worry about what <laughs> he's going back <laughs> in. We have Matinee going up against Dave Made a Maze. That's a good pairing. Yeah. Matinee. Not the two best movies, but just the two best representations, for me at least, of the podcast. <laughs> All right, Matinee is a 1993 film by Joe Dante. It is 99 minutes and has a letterbox rating of 3.6. A showman introduces a small coastal town to a unique movie experience and capitalizes on the Cuban Missile Crisis hysteria with a kitschy horror extravaganza combining film effects, stage props, and actors in rubber suits in this salute to the B-movie. That B-movie is Mant. (laughs) <laughs> Eric, you have to put the insect aside. Where? <laughs> uh, uh, Dave Made a Maze is a 2017 film directed by Bill Watterson. It is 80 minutes long with a rating of 3.3. Dave, an artist who has yet to complete anything significant in his career, builds a fort in his living room out of pure frustration only to wind up trapped by the fantastical pitfalls, booby traps, and critters of his own creation. Ignoring his warnings, Dave's girlfriend, Annie, leads a band of oddball explorers on a rescue mission. Once inside, they find themselves trapped in an ever-changing supernatural world, threatened by booby traps and pursued by a bloodthirsty minotaur. Eric, you added matinee. I sure did, which I... Oh, no, this was not part of our 90s series. This was uh, this was part of our pre-CFF uh, a couple yeah. years ago. They were honoring Joe Dante. Yeah, I mean, this is another one of those movies where it's like, it's... I don't understand why it kind of gets buried under all of Joe Dante's other films because I think it is one of his best movies. Um, I would probably put it at number one or number two, honestly. Like I, I, it's obviously very personal to him. It's such a great coming of age movie. It's a movie about movies. You got John Goodman again, like just being the best fucking, uh, uh, William Castle imaginable. Um, and you got Dick Miller and John sales as like the best buddy duo of all time that nobody ever talks about. Is, is John Uh, Goodman the most represented in our picks tonight? He probably is actually because he's in, uh, he's in, yeah, I guess he is. He's in fucking. He's inside Lewin Davis, Arachnophobia, Matinee. Davis, and this one. He might be. Um, Sorry, he also continue. played Lighthouse in The Lighthouse. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, anyway, uh, this, I just, I adore this movie. It's so great. It's so beautiful and touching and lovely and so much fun. And it is one of my favorite movies. That's just about the magic of movies because so much of it is about John Goodman trying to peddle his schlock, but at no point in the movie, do you get the sense that it's a crass thing for him, that he's just doing it for the money of it. He's doing it because he truly believes in the magic of cinema, even if it is like in these like trashy B movies. Um, and like he just it's just so earnest and beautiful and touching and again just it's the kind of thing where it's like if somebody ever asked me like why do you love movies or even why do you love trashy movies it's like here just watch matinee it's it's all it's all here 
Um, and of course, yeah, it touches on all those great I say, type hey, let's watch a trashy movie. You're like, no, trashy movies are dumb, but continue. Well, I mean, good trash. You know, I there's a there's, there's a difference. No, there's not. Uh, yeah, no, matinee. I love matinee so much. Um, a, a few punch outs ago when we were doing our theme punch out and I put movies about watching movies. Matinee was like one of the ones it, it was one of the main reasons that I put that in there, hoping that we would cover matinee again. It's yeah, it, it's not only a great movie. It's not only a great movie about movies. It's uh, it's set during the Cuban Missile Crisis, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. And so like you've got, you know, it's it's a period piece, which doesn't matter, but it also really matters. And just like the, the roles that movies have in, in giving people escapism and distractions and like why that's necessary. And, exactly. Yeah. And it and it has the magic of movies and it has, you know, like you said, all of those sh- uh, schlocky William Castle things. But it really is the I love movies so much that I want to I want to give people the experience of the movie and not just, you know, not just something in front of them. And I love it. I love every single thing about it. I had never seen it before uh, when we covered it on the podcast. And and it's one of my favorites. Like it is it's it's just fun. You know, like it just makes me happy. Uh, it's a nice it's just like a, a warm blanket and a nice cup of coffee. Like you just it's just it's a big hug of a movie. Yeah. Oh, and the movie within the movie Mant. I want Joe Dante to make a feature length Mant movie. hundred percent. I love Did it. Did you know that Mant so has its own letterbox entry? Yes, I do. <laughs> and, I definitely logged it. Yep. Anytime that uh, I watch matinee, which yeah, it's been a while, uh, I also log Mant because because it's fun. Uh, I mean, you, it has the greatest pun of all time, right? Yeah, like the, the nothing has ever beaten the insecticide line. <laughs> it's just well, perfect. And, and like Mant is also showing like it. It's not making fun of those old fifties cheesy uh, sci-fi movies. It is treating them with such love. But it's also pointing yeah. out so much of the the issues with them. Like, oh, I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it has something like um, it, it has something like the doctor saying to the wife, oh, you're just a woman. Sit down. This would be above your head anyways. And she's like, oh, yes, of course. And like it's calling out some of the sexism of the 50s, but it's doing it like so blatantly and uh, and, and sarcastically that it's like, yes, this is clearly calling it out. It's not saying this is the way that it should be, but again, it's it's still a a, a love letter and a send up to those uh, classic movies. And God, I, I love matinee. I love Mant. I also love Dave Made a Maze. Where do you even start with this one, Dan? You also put this on your short list. Uh, so why don't you start talking about it first? I know I added it to the skull. But why was it one of the ones that you had on your short list uh, of our 30? Because it's just so goddamn creative. I mean, these guys literally made movie sets out of cardboard. And it's astounding what they were able to do with just high levels of imagination. And I mean, I don't know the budget for it offhand, but it's low. (laughs) This is not a high budget film. But yet you're you buy into every single thing you see on screen because you're like, this is how I would have made a movie if I when I was a kid. 
you know? yeah. if my if you know if like my parents unlimited worked, cardboard budget yeah if, if my parents worked at sears in in like the refrigerator department you know and just <laughs> unlocked <laughs> all the refrigerators so we had unlimited supplies of cardboard i would have this is how i would have made a movie just sitting there taping together things into whatever i needed them to be um and while it's got that diy kind of you know do it's got that feel to it and that kitsch almost it's it's still just tremendously imaginative with a lot of heart yep. you know it's it's a movie you cannot help but cheer for like you want everything to like i'm watching my like, god I, I just hope this film fucking nails the landing because this movie it it's been so amazing up to this point I don't want it to suck at the end because I, w- I want it to stick that landing so I can keep cheering it on. Yep. You know, yeah. and it's it's such a feel good film, oddly enough, you know, <laughs> it has so much creativity and so much joy. And, and yeah, like there's some themes that it gets into, like with a little bit of existentialism and a lot of self-doubt and, and some depression and like it gets into some darker themes. But the overall tone of the movie is so just upbeat and creative that like i really really want to show it uh, to my four-year-old except for the fact that like it's got decapitations <laughs> yeah that it's one of the only like kind of issues i have with the movie is like i remember watching it and thinking the same thing like man this would be such a great movie to show to a kid to like have them like tap into their creativity and stuff but like oh no it's a it's definitely it would be r-rated if it was rated it's, <laughs> well, it's it upsetting. is the perfect movie like once your kid has seen like any horror movie at all and is okay with it then it's just like okay you uh, enjoy a little bit of horror awesome here is a ton of creativity and like how to how to have some of that same quasi gory fun without having to do actual gore and and again yarn for blood and it's just it is yeah the creativity is so amazing i've shown this to a number of people and every single one of them they respond to different points of the movie but every single one of them has had that same look of wonder in their eye at some point uh the the chrysalis that they make at the end not cg it is practical to get it mm-hmm. to uh to it, it, it's it's a practical like Nickelodeon style that uh, creates the animation. It is not CG. Um, it's just it's it's amazing. Uh, again, when when we put together this theme, instantly first movie that I thought of of what defines the podcast, like instantly it was Dave Made a Maze for me. It it was just. Yeah, and so for Matinee and Dave Made a Maze to be going up against each other, this is real difficult. I adore both of these movies more than I can possibly explain, and I am so, so happy that one of them is going to be moving forward. Uh, any additional thoughts on Matinee? Uh, oh, actually, one, one last thing that I wanted to say about Dave Made a Maze. The, the one spot in it, <clears throat> the first time that I saw it, felt like it lagged a little bit or dragged a little bit um, where you have that like quasi-dream sequence of Dave and his... Uh, wife girlfriend fiance i don't remember their exact relationship but where it has the two of them like going through the motions um 
and and they're just kind of like repeating the same things and and like pulling off different like paper outfits which is also just got the creativity and and just imagination that went into that the first time that i watched it that part of the movie i felt like slowed things down a little bit but i've seen the movie probably six or seven times since then oh yeah and it grows every single time and and that part of the movie is vital it is the equivalent of that long take in uh, after midnight and it, the the movie would not have the same emotional impact in its resolution without it um so so yeah it's, it's an amazing movie all right now any additional thoughts between either of you on either of these movies before we vote um i guess not all right um i do have uh no okay okay you already ready video rack attack matinee has defeated the maze all right uh dan are you gonna be using a chaos card on no sir long live joe dante eric are you gonna be using a chaos (laughs) card on dave made a maze no, sir. I actually uh, don't really like Dave Mays, Made a Maze that much. <laughs> wrong, and I hate you, and I'm absolutely using my other Chaos card. Ooh, oh, no, Dave I've given away my strategy. I think Dave Mays, Made a Maze is one of the most breathtakingly creative films I have ever seen in terms of just like what it is doing with the maze aspect of it. I find the story and the characters to be really grating and cliche and uh, not fun. Oh, I think that you're wrong. I think the tone of it is mishandled a bit. Look, I don't hate the movie. I actually, I mean, like, I, I don't really hate it. Like, but I, uh, I do feel like the movie. If it was a movie that did not have all of that fun, creative stuff at the center of it, I don't think it would really hang together at all as a movie. Mm, But that's just me. Wait, did you move it to the next round or to the chaos bracket? Next round. I, you can only move one okay. to the chaos bracket. So this means that the movies that did not come out of the skull in round one are Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, The Devil's Candy, Men and Chicken. Ugh. Oh, I know. That one hurts. Uh, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, The Descent. That one also hurts. Yeah. There's so many movies that I wish had been in here rather than the ones that were. Um, and oh, and then Hellraiser 3 because we put it back in. Uh, yeah, so the ones that did not come out and that we didn't even have a chance to discuss, discuss, discuss Devil's Candy, Men and Chicken, Harry Potter, The Prisoner of Azkaban, Behind the Mask, and The Descent. All great yep. movies. Um, Dan, what are your thoughts? Quickly, because obviously we still have a lot to do. Your thoughts on the ones that did not advance? I am still brokenhearted. Men and chicken did not get in there. I wanted at least two Mads to still be in there and eligible. <laughs> and uh, that one is my greatest regret of all our punch out votes ever that I voted against that. So that we didn't <laughs> doing it because God, that film's so amazing. Yeah. I don't know what we were thinking when we did that. Um, Eric, I, I, I watched it. Your thoughts? That was the other one I had watched for the first time. Uh, yeah, I thought it was just. Yeah, I love that it's a movie that I just completely had 
no idea what it was at any point. Like every single time I thought like I had a handle on what it was trying to do, uh, it just completely took a left field turn and became something entirely different. See, I uh, love the thought that somewhere out there, someone who didn't know Mads Mikkelsen films when they when they cast him to be Hannibal Lecter in the TV show, like Mads Mikkelsen to be Hannibal. So they're like, oh, I don't know anything about this guy. And the first thing they did was check out Men and Chicken. Men and Chicken, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's another it's another notch in the in the argument of like this man can do anything. Like, mm-hmm. this is a character that just should absolutely not work on paper whatsoever for anybody to play this role. Yeah. And especially, like, t- to make this character sympathetic in any way. And he nails it. He fucking rules. And he's great. And he... Uh, it's just... It's incredible. And I appreciate... There was... So, I don't... It's impossible to describe this movie to someone who's never seen it, but the closest I've seen anybody get to it was, I think it was Brian Tallarico, who writes for like RogerEbert.com, described it as the Three Stooges on the island of Dr. Moreau. (laughs) Uh, And I was like, fantastic. That's it. It's like, it's weirdly got a lot of like slapstick humor, but then it gets like very emotional and serious at times. And I mean, those Danish movies give you some real tonal whiplash. And an unbelievable amount of masturbation. Yep. <laughs> a whole, whole lot. And it's the kind of thing, I mean, it, it is another one too, where it's like you get to the end of the movie and the ending is so fucking like wild and and feels like it comes out of nowhere. But then as you think about it, you're like, no, it's been right there the entire fucking time. Every single weird thing about this movie makes so much sense once you get to that final scene. And I don't really know what to make of it by the end of it. I'm just like, okay, cool. I'm I'm glad that somebody decided to make this movie. I don't know why you would, but uh, <laughs> God bless them for it. Because man, what a swing! Yeah, it is. It is by far the most bizarre movie that we had in the skull tonight. Uh, yeah, I I hate that Men and Chicken did not come out, and I really hate that Behind the Mask did not come out. Uh, I, I knew Hellraiser wasn't going to advance, uh, and it did come out, but then it got sent right back in. Um, right back to hell. Yep. We opened the limit configuration and closed it right back up. We said, no, thank you. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm a little sad that Devil's Candy didn't make it out, but not nearly as much compared to the other ones. Uh, that was also one of the other reasons why I did not go with Sadistic Intentions. Um, because I had the uh, the more metal music um, mm. from Devil's Candy. Yep. So, yeah, some great movies. Uh, also, six of the 22 movies tonight. So a little more than a fourth um, or a little less than a third are movies that had screened at Chat Film Fest or Frightening Ass Film Fest. Uh, and part of the reason that I mentioned that is because uh, I forgot to mention this at the top of the episode. As of our recording, um, Chat Film Fest uh, is, uh, they, they've opened up badges. So badges are now on sale for Chat Film Fest. Hopefully I'll get this episode posted before too long. Um, but yeah, that's going to be in June. I want to say 23rd through 29th. That sounds about right. Correct. Uh, for yeah. the digital, for the for the online one. Uh, yeah, and it's going to be hybrid this year, which thank God, because I have missed being there in person and seeing all of the CFF family and also there are so many movies that I want to watch and there's too many movies to watch all at once. Uh, and so 
having the virtual option is going to really help. Uh, and also, it means that people who are not able to make it to Chattanooga will still be able to be a part of the Film Fest. So go to chatfilmfest.org to get your badge now. There's going to be some great movies, and it's just going to be great being back there in person. So, yeah. yeah. And then the On Ground Fest is the 23rd to the 25th. Okay. Um, yeah. Wait, wait. Just the 23rd through the 25th? I thought it was longer. Yeah, no, the in-person 23rd through the 25th, and then the full fests, the virtual fest is 23rd through the 29th. Okay. Uh, yeah, and obviously we'll uh, keep announcing more details as more details are announced, but so far the only thing that we've got is uh, batches are on sale now, so go get yours and then <coughs> see us there. All right. Yep. Um, I want to shout out real fast The Descent because nobody else talked about it. Oh, yeah. Love uh, The Descent. Um, for my money, we, we cover a lot of horror in this podcast. whole lot of horror. Do it all the time. Scary stuff. We love it. For my money, The Descent is the scariest movie we have ever covered on this podcast. You watched it for uh, the first time for the podcast, right? No, no. I watched it for the second. I'd seen okay. it before. Um, but I genuinely think it is the scariest movie we've ever covered and one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. And most of the scariest parts of the movie don't even involve monsters. It's just being trapped in a cave. It's and utterly if, terrifying. The film is begging for a 4K upgrade. It's that oh, film. Oh, man. Yeah. I want yeah, to be those black, be as black as can be and not pixelate. Yep. And I want to watch it uh, on my big ass TV with uh, noise canceling headphones so that like, I am fully engrossed and. I probably wouldn't be able to sleep that night because, dear God, I love that movie. But even knowing everything about it, it it's still the jump scare. The jump scares are still gonna get you. Like even even knowing exactly when they happen, you're still gonna jump. All right. So yeah. moving into round two, this is the lay of the land. We've got Videodrome, Christine, The Invitation, Dracula, Inside Lewin Davis, Arachnophobia. After Midnight, Matinee, Another Round, and Dave Made a Maze. Ten movies in the round of eight. Wow. Okay. So we, did not, we could not let go of some of these. It's great. Yep. And currently, uh, Cloud Atlas, The Lighthouse, and Manhunter are in the chaos bracket waiting for us at the end. That also means that the final four... Uh, the only way that one of those would advance or more than one of those is uh, if we use chaos cards. Like as of right now, the two losers in final four are not going into the chaos bracket. So if you want something from the final four, you better hold on to a chaos card. All right. Up first in round two, we have... Ooh, a pairing <laughs> that I think is going to work very, very uh, tonally. And it's going to be real hard because we got a mant going up against a giant spider. Matinee against arachnophobia. Oh, mm. love it. Sting. <laughs> oh, God. All right. We've already done all of the reading of the descriptions and most of our preambling on all of these. Do either of you have anything to say about this pairing before <sighs> we vote? 
No, let's bring the Man, pain. It's just so, it's just such a wholesome. These movies just feel so wholesome to me. Great yeah. double feature. Great double a feature. Great double feature. A yep. fucking perfect double feature. Yep. Arachnophobia is like the mant of the 90s. But like also very like skillfully made. And I mean, in terms of entertainment value, I guess. Damn. They both have John Goodman. Yeah, and I, I feel like uh, regardless of who wins, I think we can now dub uh, John Goodman the patron saint of uh, video monsters. Oh, a hundred fucking percent. He's the, he's the greatest supporting actor. He is, I've said this so many times before, but he is the all caps best supporting actor of just everything. At, at some point when I finally get around to, uh, you know, updating Letterboxd for the podcast, um, I, I might have to get pro just so that I can look at stats of, you know, like which actor has been discussed the most and, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, yeah, matinee versus arachnophobia. This is going to be a real hard one because I adore both of these movies. I honestly do not know which one I'm going to vote for, and and so I really don't know. Um, I, think, I think I know what I'm going with. I I think that I know which one I'm going with as well. Uh, and remember, we do still have chaos cards. All right. Uh, are you ready to vote? Yep. Yes, sir. All right. Video rack attack. What we got? Oh, Ooh. wow. Shocking. We have a clean sweep for matinee. I'm in this <laughs> in this one. Man, we didn't have a single sweep in at all last time, uh, round one. We really didn't. That's so crazy. Yeah, it's it's wild that this is the first one, which for my money is the hardest decision I've had to make all night. Um, but I went with matinee and I'm sure probably you guys are thinking the same thing just because of the, the whole like movie vibe of it. Like the fact that it's about movies and it feels like it is maybe more representative of what we do in this podcast. Yeah. I adore arachnophobia matinee had more of the tone of the podcast. Um, and also y'all got chaos cards. Dan, do you want to use a chaos card on arachnophobia? Eric, nope. do you want to use a chaos card on arachnophobia? But it hurts me, but I'm going to decline. All right. Well, that's probably the smart thing because that means that there would have been an extra one in the uh, round of four, meaning that one of these winners would end up getting kicked out. And I also am not going to because reasons. All right. Love arachnophobia, though. It's a perfect movie. I'm, I kind of want to rewatch it tonight. I'm not going to. <laughs> it's already so late. There's so many more things that I need to take care of. Uh, but I love it. It's so much fun. Spiders. All right. Cool. I hate them. Next up. God damn skull of decisions. Making us to hurt my skull with these decisions. Next up. <laughs> we have Videodrome going up against the invitation. Oh. Uh, interesting interesting God, so we have a movie about obsession or a movie about grief got a god mm. hey look the invitation has a video in it they watch a video in that movie <laughs> that is they true. Do. oh what if they the video they watched like you could i could imagine that video being played on the the what civic tv or whatever it's yeah. called <laughs> or is that the what i can't remember what the scramble channel is that max I almost said Max Shrek. That is not his name. Max. 
Max Ren, I think. Was yeah, it. I think that's right. Yeah, Max Shrek is Christopher Walken in Batman Returns, right? Uh, Max Shrek is also um, the guy that played the vampire in Nosferatu. No, that's wait, yeah, hold Max on. Shrek. Max I Shrek. It was Maybe it's okay. Then I'm thinking of something. Played. No, you're thinking of Willem Dafoe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. What is what is Willem Dafoe's character's name in? Batman Returns. I, I think it's Max Shrek. I think they named him Not after... Not Willem Dafoe. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, Christopher, Christopher Walken. Walken. I think that they named him after the actor that played... Um, I think it's Shrek, but I don't know if it's in, Max Shrek. In Nosferatu. Anywho. Oh, it uh, is. Okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. Mike, for some reason, I have never... I've known them independently as Max Shrek and not ever put together that... Anyway, let's uh, move on. I'm tired. All right. It's late, obviously. Videodrome versus The Invitation. You're all ready to vote. Ready. Ah, this is fucking good. Bummer. Video rack attack. Long live. Whoa, the- another. Sweep. We got another clean sweep. God, that sucks. I though. did not so want to vote for James Woods. I really well, I mean, didn't want to vote against the invitation. Video drum just again. It it fits the the tone of the podcast better. Uh, Dan, Chaos Card on Invitation. No, sir. Eric, Chaos Card on Invitation. Um, thinking about it. Think no, I'm. I'll I'll pass. I'll pass. All right. (sighs) All right. What is going to happen next? Again, there are 10 movies in the round of eight. So two of the ones from uh, two of the ones are not going to make it up next. We have um, <clears throat> inside Lewin Davis versus after midnight. Mm. Uh, <sighs> Okay. God, I love I love both these movies. Yeah, this one's not as easy for me. Nathan, we all know where you're going. Look, I love the Coen brothers. You're going to outer space. I I I want us to do our punch out ranking the Coen brothers films. This is not an easy choice for me. But all right. Oh no. All I can't right. do I cannot do Adam Driver. No, you cannot. Uh you already to vote. Ready. Video rack attack. Yep. Uh I'm so fucking tired, but uh because it is after midnight, and unfortunately after midnight has been <laughs> squashed by one Mr. Lewin Davis. Yeah tone of the podcast it makes more sense what after midnight no inside lewin davis oh okay okay i thought you were gotcha well nathan we it wasn't a clean sweep this time nathan voted for after midnight and i'm sorry nathan it's okay so let's just hope we're not rocking to the dawn uh, so so what is left christine dracula nathan's trying to decide Christine, Dracula, another round. Dave made a maze. All right, I'm not going to use it. 
sorry after midnight i love you uh everyone needs to go watch it it's a wonderful amazing movie it is very heartfelt and um yeah good go watch it it's a great movie but sadly i'm not going to advance it oh god man yes Eric. Uh, there's just it's okay we're fine everything's fine are you, are you sure you, you sure you're all fine yeah it's totally fine it's fine we're good we're good are, are you just, sure uh, hoping hoping something comes out All right. Fuck. <laughs> <clears throat> For the first time in the over a year that we've been doing this, I'm really, really, really tempted to lie about which movies just came out of the skull. Interesting. <laughs> I am not going to because I'm going to hold the sanctity of the popcorn punch out and the skull of decisions. I appreciate your honesty. Dave made yeah, a maze. Dave made a maze is still stuck in the skull. Oh, he's still trapped in the maze. He's I mean, he never, he never, you know, built a way out or whatever. The he's he's still trapped in the maze. I didn't find the heart. I I I am like you have no idea how much I was just like they wouldn't know. I could just take one of the two <laughs> that I pulled and just put it up against that one. They wouldn't know. I'm curious to find out what the Minotaur is in there that's trapped with him. Um. Well, Dave is stuck in a maze in the cloud because Cloud Atlas also, or sorry, no shit, another round. Cloud Atlas is like, wait, what? Dave, Dave's getting drunk what with the Minotaur. Out, damn it! <laughs> Christine and Dracula came out. Oh. Oh. Okay. 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 Oh man, this is. This matchup makes me nervous. Um, so yeah, Dave is I, stuck in the maze with Mads. Yes. Dave. Man. At least they're having a good time. Mads, uh, Mads yeah, is dancing with the Minotaur. Uh, I, mm. I mean, it's good that he's not in there with Christine or Dracula because that would be that would be a real Minotaur of a time. Yeah. Christine be chasing him around that thing. Dracula yeah. trying to fuck him. <laughs> I, I'm real sad. I, I again Dave made a maze when I told you all what we we're doing for episode 400 literally the first move that came to mind of what is the tone of the podcast for me it was Dave made a maze if I was putting together my top three it probably would have been number one so I'm not not based off of best movie I, yeah, yeah I get off it tone, I love the DIYness of, of personality it. based off of what the podcast means to me based off the chat film fest connection based off of so many things dave made a maze would have been my number one if i was picking our top three but i didn't and again i did not lie i really wanted to but when i saw what it was going up against i was like all right well it's not going to win against dracula and it's not going to win against christine so it would be uh futile to to lie and it just would have hurt my soul if I had done that. Sorry, Dave. Love you. Again, you're my number one in the purpose of this list. Okay. Number one in your cardboard heart. <sighs> Christine cardboard versus Dracula. Zoetrope Any thing. additional discussion before we vote? 
Uh, I'm good. I'm ready. Let's rock and roll. All right. Video rack attack. Uh, wait, wait, wait. What's happening? What's happening? Wait, did Dan vote? He did. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> Dan, I love you. I cannot believe you voted against Christine. Neither can Nathan. I. I just love I love Dracula. God, I am so thrilled that we're Dracula buddies. <laughs> I'm so happy about this. We need, we need, we need punch out shirts from time to time, and yeah, we I'm do. So yeah, we're Dracula buddies. Dracula <laughs> buddies for sure. Right. You're my Dracula buddy. So, I'm yeah. sad that we don't have a carpenter, even though Ooh. he was on part of the self-imposed restrictions. I'm sad we don't have a carpenter or a king making it to the end especially a carpenter and a king. Mm-hmm. But if it had gone up against anything other than Dracula, Christine would have had it. Yeah. For me. Yeah. And I'm, and again, I'm we've just... talked about it plenty in terms of yeah. both carpenter and king. Everyone knows that we love those. Um all right. All of my anger in round 1 though justified is now dissipated because going into the final four, we have matinee Videodrome, inside Lewin Davis and Dracula. This four, is a great final four. Yeah. Four yeah, love fucking happy great the chaos movies. The chaos. <laughs> Let me get these other two out of there so that I don't accidentally uh, pull one out of the fish tank instead. Uh, so in currently in the chaos bracket, we have the lighthouse manhunter and cloud Atlas. The only way that either of the losers from the final four will make it to the chaos bracket is if we use a chaos card. Because remember, um, if no chaos are used, then it's just the two losers from the final four. There can be up to four movies based off of the losers from the final four and two chaos. Once a third chaos is used, putting a fifth movie in, it knocks out the two from the final four. So, because we do still have chaos cards, you can still advance one of them, and hell, we could advance both of them. There can be five through chaos. We sure could. That would be fun. Yeah. So, just reminding you of that before we move forward. Man, feeling good about this, guys. I was really nervous. Well, once again, the skull of decisions. It, um... I, I I love the popcorn punch outs. I know I was anger angry earlier. Wasn't a bit. I was anger. I was legit anger earlier. Not you were the bit. physical embodiment of anger. Yes, but that's also one of the things that I love about these punch outs. I don't know if we have done a single one where one of us hasn't gone through at least a stage of fuck everything. And then we get to the end. It's like, you know what? This is a really good list. So I love the roller coaster of emotions that this punch out uh, always puts us through. All right. In our final four, we have, again, Matinee, Videodrome, Inside Lewin Davis, and Dracula. And up first, we have... Ooh, Videodrome going up against Dracula. Ooh. 
Well, that's cool. Okay. All right. All right. All right. We got this. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Man. All right. I'm good to go. Both of these movies. You know what? This is, It's funny. I'll tell you why this is funny. Once we finish voting... But yes, right, I am right. ready to go. Okay. Video rack attack. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. This is not how I was expecting this to go. <laughs> My Dracula buddy has a limit, man. <laughs> oh, man. Dracula. It's the new Fletch. <laughs> I literally posted a gif of Gary Oldman laughing with like the little iris closing on him because I was like, that's all, folks. It's it. Dracula, he's winning. He's laughing. Videodrome defeated. Oh, man. Um, well, you know what this means. Are you using a chaos card to put Dracula? Dracula's going to the chaos bracket, my friend. <laughs> Justice for Drac. Justice for Drac. He's going to the chaos round. Fascinating. Yeah. Well, that might backfire for you, dude. Look. All right. I, uh, I I know how much Inside Lewin Davis means to you as a film, and if it if it loses, it's done. That's look. Sacrifices need must be made because I'll, in our final pairing in the final four, we have Matinee going up against Inside Lewin Davis. We sure do. Two movies that I adore. Yep. Oh, uh, the funny thing about that last pairing that I was going to point out is that um, I gave Videodrome a five out of five. I gave Dracula four and a half out of five. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. But here's the thing. Sometimes I recognize Dracula is not a perfect movie. It's damn good, though. It is so perfect. Yeah. It's just so perfect. So it. I mean... Sometimes the the emotion of it it just it it weighs it yeah it wins out over anyway Videodrome congrats it's yeah. it's officially it is I a, mean Videodrome and Video Monsters of look it is officially one of the best movies that we have covered in the last six years I am mad about it yeah and and again very sad that Beyond the Gates did not advance very sad that Brazil did not advance very sad that lighthouse had to be chaos very sad that hellraiser got sent back and blood rage got sent down with the turkeys <sighs> however again these final four and these are good movies like someone needs to do a, a movie marathon just watching these four what what order would you do those four in videodrome dracula matinee inside lewin davis how would you structure a, a final four uh, marathon. Eric, we'll start with you. Um, matinee to kick things off. Mm-hmm. Inside Lou and Davis. Videodrome Dracula. Fascinating. Dan, what about you? I'm starting with matinee as the opening matinee. Inside Lou and Davis, Dracula and Videodrome as the midnight movie. Oh, of course. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that might be better. And you can't watch Dracula until the until until the fucking sun goes down, man. Yeah, Dracula's got it. That's like the main. That's yeah. I'm with you. I'm I'm with you. 
See, I, I changed mine to what Dan said. I, that was smart. I would go inside Lewin Davis, uh, Dracula, Videodrome, Matinee. Hmm. Oh. You have it like almost backwards. Well, because I would want to end with something a little bit more upbeat rather than ending vi- with a video drum. You send people back out into the world, man. At three that's, in the that's great. Yeah. I wasn't even thinking about it in terms of the timeline of it, but that, that explanation is perfect. Well, okay. So uh, I'll start my marathon at midnight. So we'll start Dracula <laughs> and then video drum and then inside Lewin Davis and then matinee uh, and, and then, you know, go get some brunch. All right, uh, matinee inside Lewin Davis. You all ready to vote? Yeah, another Goodman versus Goodman. Yep. Hey, so, so, so are you ready to vote? And don't just put Goodman to- as your vote or do. All right. Video try. rack attack. All right. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> I put a gift of John Goodman, so nobody knows. Him from oh. a Coen Brothers movie, but I voted for Matinee, so it's a clean sweep for Matinee against did, Inside Lewis Davis. Did you vote for Matinee? I really did. I okay. no joke. Matinee for me, one hundred percent. Wow. Yeah, Inside Lewis Davis. I really do. Guys, do you know what this means? Videotrome and Matinee are. Two of our best movies. I'm not they really are. This. They really, really are. This is amazing. Not upset at all because Videodrome was also like when we uh, were sending our lists back and forth trying to figure out which ones we were adding. Videodrome was on all three of ours. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Man, I think Matt might have been. That, like, they, they represent like total opposite ends of the spectrum, too. Like just one is like a total feel good crowd pleasing, just love the movies, love well, maybe not love life, but like it's it's very much like standing in opposition to nihilism and like really trying to remind you of like, yeah, the world can be bad sometimes, but it's not all bad. Um and then Videodrome is just the fucking drips dripping with sleaze and excess and body horror and it's just so i mean yeah i love that the spectrum we've created here yeah well it's and and it also uh i think serves as a very good representation of what we love and also a warning of media can consume you and just be overwhelming and turn it into an obsession destroying your relationships or it can be a much much yes. needed distraction Perfect. to bring some joy into sometimes the shit show that is life. So, I mean, yeah. Absolutely perfect. Yeah. God, I am I am so happy that these two made it to the end. Uh, Dan, using a cast card on Inside Lewin Davis. Sir. Eric, do you have... A th- you st- I think you still I have got one. one. You I got used one. one, two, yep. three. So, yeah, you still have one. Are you chaosing Inside Lewin Davis? Nah, we're right, good. Neither am I. Look, Lewin, look, here's the thing about Lewin. He's destined to fail. True. He he's never going to make it to the top. So <laughs> it, uh, it was my duty to push him all the way up to the end and then cut him 
cut his legs out from under him. <laughs> you, you were the uh, um, oh, why am I drawing a blank? I'm the architect name? of his pain. The, the, the dude that played Salieri in uh, Mozart. Why am I drawing a blank on F. Murray Abraham? Abraham? Yes, yeah. uh, you were the F. Murray Abram. Of, I just don't see a lot of money in this. So, so now before we move into the chaos bracket, which currently has not currently four which movies. Has, four movies of dracula the lighthouse cloud atlas and manhunter before we do that typically uh in our final two we vote for which one we are going to cover first and which one we are going to cover third however since we're doing a ranking and these two made it to the end these are our top two so we are voting for which is the number one what is the top ranked video monsters movie that we have covered over the last six years and then uh, the loser obviously will be second and whatever wins in the chaos bracket will be third so between videodrome and matinee we are voting for number one you already ready um i am almost ready all right video rack attack wait okay, well shit oh. never mind we're good okay oh. we're good. sorry for a second i forgot what we were voting for <laughs> <laughs> i was like wait are we voting for first or second uh anyway first. the number one by split decision is matinee ah! <laughs> yeah look Videodrome, I would argue, is a more complete film. Sure. A, like a better overall movie. But I had to go with the warm fuzzies on this one. Yeah. I, I had to go I, with I wanted, I wanted the movie that represented the distraction, not the obsession. Yeah. <laughs> Best represent yeah. what we are. Yes. It, at least it represent what we would what we would like to be. Exactly. All right. We would rather be Lawrence Woolsey than Max Wren. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's a good way to put that. But both of these men live inside us in the, the little video cassettes we shove into our hearts. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so <clears throat> for the chaos bracket, we are four movies. Do you want me to randomly draw the two or do you want to continue with what we've done uh, for all of our chaos brackets where I hold up the four of them and y'all pick? I'm leaning towards sticking with what we do and y'all pick. I always pick wrong, though. Well, hold on. I but actually, that's fine. We'll go. Yeah, well, let's go. Let's, lean, let's do what we usually do. All right. Uh, give me one second. I need to adjust one of them because as you can see, currently three of them uh, are green and white. One of them is black and white. So I'm going to change this one to green so there's nothing to uh, distinguish any of them. And unless you want all of them different colors to make it easier for which one you're going to vote for. No, yeah. Let's just... Alright, so what is that? I mean, I, I what I'm hearing though is that the audience wants different colors. Um, we all know podcasts are a visual medium. <laughs> they love to see. I mean, for y'all, so that way when I do this thing right here, where I'm shuffling them up a little bit, so that I have no idea what's what. All right, so Dan, one, uh, one, 
two, three, four. Three. Three. Snoop Doggy Dog. Correct. Dr. Trey. Okay, stay there. Okay. Eric. One, two, three. Let's go with another three. Another two, three. Th- two threes. Let's see what happens. What have y'all done? Okay. You've done what that. have we wrought? And you have done a thing that I am almost positive I know what's going to happen. But we'll see. Hmm. So, for <laughs> our chaos bracket, we have one of the movies that Eric chaosed with Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh. We also... Thank God do not have another one of Eric's picks. Cloud Atlas mm. is stuck in uh, the chaos bracket. Because okay, the other I need movie, one of them, baby. The other movie that came out is The Lighthouse. This is the exact matchup I wanted. Oh. This makes All right. Any discussion. This is the exact matchup I wanted. Any discussion before we vote? No, sir. All right, Eric, are you ready? I think I think so. I think I'm ready. Let's let's do it. All right. Video rack attack. Uh, Dan. Thank you. Dan. Dan. Thank you. Dracula buddies. Thank what are you, you talking about? Thank you. I chose a gif that was either going to express either my vote or my dismay if it didn't go that way. Eric, read the results to the audience at home. Well, the lighthouse has defeated Dracula. The light shone on him, and we all know what happens to Dracula in the light. And and here's why I I love I love both these movies. Eric, you put matinee into the into everything. I put Videodrome into everything. Please <laughs> <laughs> equal representation. Thank you, Dan, for thinking about the overall cohesion of the podcast and not just a single vote. And if it was like a choice between you know. Blood feast in Dracula. We would not be having this conversation. <laughs> but we what, all what a diss did. against blood rage that you don't even call it by the right, the right title, <laughs> nor the right alternate title. Yeah. I would totally watch Blood Feast though, so I'm on board with it. Blood rage. <laughs> the uh, fact that we all loved the lighthouse, and that was one of my favorite episodes that we did. Yeah, that was just so much fun. It so fun. I. I have no problem with the lighthouse winning this one. Yeah. I, again, I adore Dracula. It is an amazing movie. I love how much Eric loved Dracula. Like the the excitement, like seriously, I'm not just saying this to blow smoke. Like honest to God, our Dracula episode is one of the episodes that like is emblematic of why I love having the two of you on this podcast. The excitement that you brought into like, Oh my God, this movie is amazing. It's like, yeah, it's a great movie. Like, no, no dude, dude. Like, I mean, come on. I would cross the oceans of time to find you like, come on or whatever that line is. The excitement that you bring to it is honest to God. Part of why I love this podcast and, and Dracula is a damn fine movie and I love it. It's also true that the lighthouse is a lot more, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? 
it it is um less conventional and has a lot more not controversy but uh people either adore the lighthouse or think that it is weird and bizarre and don't understand it and so it doesn't get quite the same love i do feel like it works well at like in the middle of this spectrum we created with matinee and videodrome where it's like the purgatorial state between these two yeah between these two things where it's like yeah these this is us locked in the middle duking it out having it out figuring it out with all these movies trying to get everything out there reckon with our feelings um it's got that great like it, it looks like an old film with its like four by three aspect ratio and it was shot on the old timey cameras, which is a great like aesthetic vibe somewhere in between both of these movies. I, I feel like in terms of being the most representational choices, we probably did get the three best yeah. movies overall. To, to I like out- them as a grouping, as a as a triptych. To start out with 248 possible movies that we could have uh, gotten at our at our top three. To end with Matinee, Videodrome, and The Lighthouse. I mean, come on. What could be a better representation of the pot? Like, I'm I am super happy with how this ended. I knew some of my, I knew some of my bizarre picks weren't gonna make it. Still angry, but I, I knew they weren't going to make it. So it was an anger I was expecting going in. Um, but hey, we got to talk about them. And like some of the more prestige movies, which are great movies, but also like, I mean, come on, they've gotten enough love already. So yeah, yeah. these three. Oh, well done, guys. Well done. <laughs> we did happy. it, fellas. This is great. Yeah. exceeded my expectations. Uh... I'm out of words. Yeah. Words well, have run I, dry. I do know that we're probably all going to be having that nagging question of <laughs> I had voted for a different movie. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> oh, thank you. God, that was so good. It felt great. Ah, uh, all right. We've been going at this. Uh, not our longest episode. Um, but we have been going at this for over three and a half hours, and we are all exhausted. This took a toll. Maybe not on the two of you so much as me, but uh, there, there were a lot of emotions going through this and all of our votes. I'm going to have to watch all three of these movies this week. Like, that's that's just going to that's gonna have to happen. These are three great movies. I like to, yes. I was actually thinking about how I would like to watch Matinee with the kids sometime. Um, as they're like starting to get more into the types of movies that I like and scary stuff and all that, this is a great, great gateway movie. Joe Dante is like the best gateway horror filmmaker of all time. I mean, yeah, and then dive straight into Videodrome. Exactly. Yeah, I'm gonna watch all three of these movies with my children this weekend. That's what I'm saying. Please do, and report back to us uh, on how that goes. All right, guys, any final thoughts about tonight's punch out or any of the movies that uh, made it to the end or did not make it to the end? Mm-mm. It's bedtime. Oh, wrap it up. <laughs> Indeed it is. All right, Dan, where do you want people to find you? Find me over on Twitter at from H Beautiful Row. And Eric, where can people insert cassettes into your 
stomach hole. Oh, Nathan, I'm supposed to give my Twitter, not my <laughs> my personal address. I mean, Gee. what what is Twitter if not a gaping flesh wound? It is where I can find James Woods. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm on Twitter at the Chimerican, T-H-E-C-H-I-M-E-R-I-C-A-N. Uh, Instagram, Chimerican Reviews, Letterboxd, Eric J-A-Y. And you can follow me slash the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd. Uh, is that all? Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd at Video Monster Pod. You can also follow me personally on Letterboxd at The Gargoyle. That's G-A-R-G-Y-L-E because it's a gargoyle wearing an Argyle sweater. And Eric, if people enjoyed this episode, what should they do? They should um, rate us five stars and give us a nice review and uh, you know subscribe to us or follow us on their pod catching catchers of you know Pods. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, when they catch these pods, uh, why, or I guess I should have said, and why should they catch our pods in their nets of ears? Uh, because we're going to be covering some of the top 100 films directed by female directors of the 2010s over our next three episodes. Indeed, we are starting. Totally with- forgetting which fucking films they are at the moment, though. Honestly, <laughs> I, I had this portrait of a lady on fire. Yeah, I had this portrait of a lady on fire. Uh, the writer, the writer, Ur- Urkel grew. What the hell's that German film? <laughs> <laughs> Tony Erdman. Portrait Tony of- Erdman. Yes, right. portrait of oh, a lady shit. on fire. I totally forgot that Tony Erdman one too. Wow. <laughs> what were we I was thinking? like sitting here trying to remember the third one. Portrait of a Lady on Fire, the writer and Tony Erdman. It was literally like three weeks ago that we did that episode. It's crazy. We've had a lot of delays. Uh, yeah, and be sure to join us on Discord where you can listen in live as we record these episodes. You can also be part of the uh, the polls that we send out and uh, you can try to sway our choices when we're doing the punch outs by uh, being a part of the chat. So find that link for Discord uh, as well as all of our other socials, some of our um uh, recent episodes just all things related to the podcast follow our link tree at linktree.com slash video monster pod all right again guys well done super yeah. super happy with this list great yep. episode. slow clap all the good things happy 400th gentlemen here's to four hundred thousand right. more four hundred thousand more <laughs> yes <laughs> we have so much more heartbreak we have that many more movies to discuss uh at some point we're going to get through all of our like in-depth discussions and we're, we're just going to go to ranking punch outs uh just to argue about movies probably not but i i love these so much they take so long all right this one's <laughs> gone on long enough so that's been it for this episode of video monsters where we take movies very seriously but we do not take ourselves seriously at all Good night, everybody.